Yo, what's up, everybody? It's time for the End Off the Bench podcast. I am Daniel Paul, and I'm joined as always by my co hosts, my partners in crime, my brothers from Other Mothers, Jim Cross, Randy Jowers, and guys, tonight's episode six titled One Step Closer. Because in a few minutes, we're going to be talking to our guest, Major League Baseball minor leaguers, Chad Dallas, Liam Spence, Connor Pavoloni, our UT baseball guys who are now in the pros. We're going to get an update on those guys, see how they're doing. But before they join us, Jim, 75 hard challenge is over, bro. You did it. You made it. Shout out to you. Proud of you, man. What's next? Man, I want to do the 75 hard program with the three phase in it, which is a harder addition. So I'm going to enjoy these holidays with the fam, get some date nights in, and then January 2nd, it's game on again. Man, what a what a way to spend 75 days, you know. At first, on the surface, I looked at it, man. It's, it seems simple as far as what they're asking you to do, but – having the discipline, having the motivation for 75 days to do it, man. Hats off to you. Great job. And I know uh, once the second rolls around, new year, new you, you're going to be hard on it, doing the same, man. So let me let me know how I can help. be more than happy to, to be motivating. Do it with me. Do it with me. Uh, maybe. We'll see. But. Let's get to it, man. Let's. This is a big episode. We got our boys coming on tonight, so help me welcome on to the show with the biggest interview and podcasting this week. Our man, Chad Dallas from the Toronto Blue Jays, Liam Spence from the Chicago Cubs, and Connor Pavoloni from the Baltimore Orioles. All right, gentlemen, it is about time we've had you guys back. Liam, Connor, Chad, dudes, how are we doing tonight? Doing great. Doing, doing great. I'm doing good. <laughs> doing good. Glad to be back. Yeah, man. Um, a lot has happened since we've had you guys on last time. Um, you know, it's it's been crazy. We We, you know, as the podcast, we sit back and we look at trying to figure out where all these guests are and you three have have really like been at the forefront of, of our conversations for a while now so it's good to kind of get an update on you guys and, and and chad let me start with you my man you know take me back to draft night obviously um it was a big day for you but just give me the summary of the day how you were feeling leading up to a phone call i'm assuming um up until like you know when it really sinks in, like you, you, you kind of this dream that you had, you, you kind of fulfilled it. Yeah, it was, um, it was a day that, uh, you know, all of us have dreamed about since we were a kid, but, you know, starting, uh, the night before kind of watched the first round a little bit just to see, you know, uh, what guys went where just, uh, get a feel for it. See, with the guys that some of us, uh, like we played against some of them and just to see what they were doing. And then, you know, the butterflies kind of sink in as that night kind of rolls through as the picks are going on. And 
just the feeling of, you know, knowing that you will, you know, eventually get your call, not necessarily knowing when. And then, um, so those butterflies are rolling, you wake up and it's like, they never left. They're just right there. You know, you try to play it as cool as you can almost, um, do everything, try to do the, the same things that you would do on a normal day, but you know that, you know, something, something is about to happen and it's going to change your life. And, um, and it was, it was kind of nerve wracking scared for my life almost. Um, but it was a great day. I had a lot of fan, uh, friends and family at the house and, uh, kind of talking back with my back and forth with my advisor, just kind of figuring out when it was going to happen. And, uh, I think it was about 20 picks before about 20 picks before the actual, um, pick, I got a call from my advisor and told me that we, uh, had a deal with the Blue Jays. And so I found out pretty early and had to wait. But when I got that phone call, I was, I was in the other room with my dad and my brother. And I like, you know, I couldn't even, I couldn't even hold it in. As soon as I hung up, I just kind of, you know, pretty much fell into their arms and started bawling my eyes out and uh, tried to pull it together as best as I could, went in, watched, you know, those next 20 picks. And even though I, I you know, I had the phone call, it was still nerve wracking with those 20 picks because, you never know if something changes, if some, you know, somebody slips to a later slot and they pick them over you. So just kind of nerve wracking, but um, we all talked about it, you know, the, basically the whole year, like what it's going to feel like, how we're, how excited we're going to be, how emotional it's going to be, but you, uh, you can't explain it. It's uh you see it on the screen and it's uh you're just, everything drops your heart, everything. It's just, you know, the, something that I'll never forget and glad that uh, a lot of friends and family were there to uh, be there to support me. So when you're, when your advisor tells you, you know, Hey, we're looking at the blue Jays. Is that a set in stone thing? And then the blue Jays call you or your advisor says, Hey man, I think it's going to be the blue Jays. We'll wait and see. And then all of a sudden, 20 picks later, you see your name and then you get a phone call. Is that the, is that how it works? Like walk me through that. Cause I, I can kind of picture it in my head what's happening, but it seems like there's like the advisor is like the go between. So, so was there a call before, um, you know, with the advisor and then another phone call with the blue Jays or was the advisor phone call the one that was like, Hey man, we're, we're good to go. Yeah. So my, when my advisor called me, uh, that was basically, you know, him and the blue Jays coming to a verbal agreement to make me, uh, that certain pick. And, um, and then I didn't, I didn't, I think the blue Jays first called me about 20 to 30 minutes after the actual pick. So, I mean, it was, it was official then. Um, but I didn't hear from them for about 20, 30 minutes, I think probably just to give me some, some time to kind of, you know, let it hit me. And then, uh, yeah, then I heard from them and. Uh, what did they say? What did they say to you when they call? First off, I mean, first it's basically just like a congratulations, you know, really happy to have you, um, that kind of thing, excited to get to work. Um, just kind of that kind of phone call. Um, I'm sure it's different for everybody in every organization for sure. But, uh, yeah. And then, uh, to answer the question before that one about when it kind of sets in, it uh it probably didn't truly set in for me and probably 
two or three weeks after the draft when I was down here in Florida training at the uh, spring training facility. And for those two, three weeks, it, it legit felt like a, like a field trip. It was, it was, a uh, it was nuts. You know, it was, it now became my everyday job, but it was, it's like a dream. So af- after their, their phone call, they talk to you, they give you some congratulations. They tell you, Hey man, we can't wait to get started. But what does that mean then? Do you go and sign papers? Do you go to Dunedin? Do you go to Toronto? Like where, what happens next after like the next day in the next few days? Yeah. So um, I'm pretty sure with obviously the Blue Jays being in Toronto, they usually only take like uh, first rounders for sure, maybe second rounders. Uh, but at the time of the draft, the, uh, the like the big league team wasn't even in Toronto. They were playing at our AAA stadium in Buffalo due to COVID. Um, so they flew all the draft guys down to Florida at the spring training facility in Dunedin. And uh, we, we got to sign there. And that's what I guess truly makes it official. But, uh, you know, got a little bit of, you know, got a couple shirts for lifting, a couple shorts for uh, lifting and throwing and all that stuff. And uh, I think a little bit after doing that every day for about two weeks, it was, it started to really sit in. Nice. nice. Well, you know, we haven't had a chance to, to really, you know, face to face, congratulate you guys, but you know, Chad, I, I know, um, and, and I'll talk to Liam and Connor as well, but you know, congratulations, man. Like it's what, what I tell Jim a lot of times when he talks about, cause, um, he's working out, he's losing a lot of weight. We got some, you know, some sponsors and some supplements that are pushing him along the way. And he gives those guys a lot more credit than the actual hard work that goes in. So like, man, just from, from us, you know, Hey, we appreciate that grind. We appreciate, you know, all the things that, that you sacrifice in that hard work, man, cause you're in a great position and, and I know that um, you're ready to rock and roll, but yeah, hey, with, DB, that, with that, before you move on, I got to ask Chad, you know, because uh, I did a lot of research to see, you know, kind of your projections before the season started. Um, how much pride, you know, does it give you to know that you jumped the draft board that much to with the success that you had during your senior season? Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you all. And I appreciate the, the kind words. It means a, more than you could ever know. Um, but at the same time with that question, it, it feels good. Um, it shows that, you know, the work that I put in with our strength coach and, you know, with Connor and just the, even with, I guess, just the bond, uh, with the whole team to, uh, make us all play well. It feels good to know that, you know, you, you beat somebody's projection of you. And, uh, I guess it just kind of always can kind of remind you that, you know, what other people think about you doesn't always, doesn't always make it right. So Liam, let, let's, let's wrap a little bit, man. You got to take me back, um, you know, being the Aussie, um, you know, what does draft day look like? Who is in the room? Where are you at? And, and what's the emotion like from the start of the day up until the phone call? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of emotions throughout the day. It was kind of a roller coaster of a day, but I was in Arizona. I was with, my brother, Nick, my sister-in-law, Rayleigh, and uh, their little baby, my new nephew, who was two weeks old. So it's just us, us four just hanging out at the house and uh, 
it was kind of a long day leading up to it, but uh, then it, just remember watching the drafts on the TV and finding out that way on the TV that I'd been drafted, which was a pretty bizarre feeling. So it, it is strange because I'm sure that, you know, you guys, you know, as soon as you get to college, you, you know, and even before probably you're, you're watching drafts, you've seen drafts and it's a strange feeling, I guess, you know, it's got to be a validating feeling as well to see your name go across the ticker. But once you see that, then what? Do you get a phone call or do you call them? Or like, yeah. did you know that the Cubs were going to be the team prior to? Uh, I mean, I talked to my agent a couple of times throughout the day. Uh, there was nothing. He said that the Cubs were interested and like, but we'd never come to a conclusion on anything. Never like had anything set in stone. And then I was, well, my phone was on charge next to me and I, I got a message from Pav in the uh, group me that said Lily. And then I look up at the TV and I, I see my name pop up. And uh, probably 30 seconds after that, the Cubs called me and I, there was a lot going on at, this, at once. And I, I just think the first thing the guy said was like, uh, you excited? And <laughs> I really didn't know how to answer it. Like I was very excited, but it was a, it was a weird, a weird couple of minutes. I got you. So do you remember who that was that called or you're just like, man, this is so much like trying to process it all. It's probably yeah, difficult it, to even remember what was said. I don't remember anything that was really said in the phone call. And I'm pretty sure I know who it was, but honestly, I can't even like it was all a, a blur. I don't even remember the exact person that it was that uh, called, but uh, it it was just a quick 45 second minute phone call and then my parents were on the phone because they're back in Australia and my brother was on the phone and it was a it was cool to share it with them as much as I possibly could without actually being with them absolutely so you know once you get the phone call you know it's the Cubs then what are you in Iowa are you in Chicago or I mean where, where are you uh, in I think the second day I went out to Chicago did like the physical stuff and stayed there for two nights and then came back here came to the facilities and uh might have been a week or two I don't know it wasn't that long but in a week or two I was going out to South Bend Indiana to start playing in the uh the season and was out there for two months I guess and it, it's weird to think about like it doesn't really feel that like it was that long ago the whole thing but it feels like so much has happened in between that time you're not lying it feels like just yesterday we were watching you guys man right it's, it's, uh, it's, it baffles me still and it still hasn't sunk in to be honest that to think that that's like our life now hasn't really sunk in do you do you think it ever will <laughs> until until maybe you're done and you're like man that was what a yeah. wild ride you know yeah i mean i don't know i don't know when it will but i could i could definitely see it not sinking in until everything's all said and done and career's over and then you realize what kind of just happened and what you just went through well you got a long career coming up my friend i know it so we ain't gonna be talking about that for a long time yeah that, that's the plan that is the plan all right, so Pavs, man, let's 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 chat a little bit because when when we we found out where you went, it was almost 
it, it was funny on the podcast each week it was like the Orioles, the organization, they're winning more games. And we kept saying, well, it's the, it's the Pavs effect. It's the Pavs effect. Like the, it's, it's something going on, something in the water down there, but, you know, talk to me, same questions, you know, what's, what's it like from the start of the day, knowing like there's a, a, a good chance that your name's going to be, be called. You're going to get that phone call and, 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 you know, live this dream that you've had for such a long time. Yeah, I mean, I think Liam kind of described it best when uh, when he said it was like a roller coaster. I mean, from the minute you wake up, um, and I mean, for me, it was like we had a pretty good idea I was going that day. So, you know, when I woke up, it was like, okay. And that's really all you can think about. Like, they try to tell you not to think about it uh, and not watch the picks before you uh, or anything like that. And I was like, mm, I'm not doing that. So I watched it, and uh, it was just kind of a roller coaster, you know, like you expect – uh, the Blue Jays were a team that I talked to before the draft that, you know, when I got done talking to them, I was like, yeah, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they picked me, like without a doubt. Uh, and the Orioles was like the exact opposite. Like I wouldn't have even, you could have made me guess 29 teams I would have thought would have taken me and the Orioles would not have been on that list. So um, I think it was, it was a little weird. And then, you know, as the picks went on, you get more nervous and more nervous. And when the slot value, you know, goes below your number or whatever you want, like then you get even more nervous. And so, um, it was definitely relieving, you know, once I got the call from my agent and, you know, realizing that they liked to do with the Orioles, which is awesome. Um, I love the organization so far. And I think they gave me like a call like 30 minutes after, uh, like same deal with Chad. And um, and he called me and, you know, congratulating me. And he was like, are you excited? And I was like, you just made the best pick of the draft. And uh, <laughs> and so it was kind of and it. I think, you know, Liam said it best as well when he said that it hasn't really sunk in yet. Like, it really – I don't think it will, you know, for a while at least, that this is what I do for a living. Um, and so it's different, you know, not being around the guys every day, but um, I still check in with them as much as I can. When you posted you know, that picture of yourself in that Orioles uniform, it sunk in for me. I was like, oh, look, look at that man. Look good. Yeah, you see him and it's just like, yeah, I can't believe like I'm here, you know, like. I, you can believe it because it's kind of always what you wanted to do. But like at the same time, you're just like, wow, you know, like you're, you're so blessed to be here. And it just really like it never really hits you. Like it hasn't really hit me yet. Um, and I've been in it for a while. We all have for a little bit. You think that's kind of a good thing? And maybe because you don't take it for granted, like it's you don't want to really like become complacent with the fact that, oh, I'm drafted. So now I just kind of roll into it. You kind of don't yeah, really I agree. magnify 100%. it, you know. I, th I think you just got to, you know, appreciate where you're at and, and understand that you just got to take it one day at a time, especially when you're playing over 100 games a year, right? So it's like you just have to, you know, be where your feet are and enjoy the moment. And um, I've been trying to do that since, you know, since the draft and, and enjoy, you know, what I've been able to do, what we did at Tennessee. Um and kind of look back on it and, and be thankful, like not really miss it as much as I'm thankful for it, you know? Um, and so I haven't seen, you know, I saw Liam when he came to Atlanta that one time, um, but I haven't seen these guys in a while. So, so I'm excited to see him. Well, I mean, hopefully the plan is at some point you guys are all, I mean, hell we're, we're talking about the Rays and the Red Sox. Hopefully we're talking about you guys, you know, in postseason play all together, you know, and us going, you know, on this podcast going, man, those are the best guests we've had. They're yeah, awesome. Absolutely. That's the plan. That's the plan. So what 
what after after the phone call the days after like what what does that look like do you stay home do you just kind of do what they tell you to do where do you go um well when they called me um they didn't right the day after the draft or when the draft ended they hadn't talked to me for it was probably like a week uh until i got another call so a lot of the information was coming from my agent um but i had to pack and like get all my stuff done and make sure i had you know everything i needed for when i went down there I had to go buy a suitcase didn't have one of those um and so kind of just getting ready to go was you know the days after i was home for a while i tried to spend it with my family because i knew i was going to be gone for a while um and so just making sure i had all of everything i needed when i went down there and then just trying to spend time with my family and and my friends and enjoy the you know enjoy the moment that we like like i told chad you know liam connor man you guys have been just extra special to us because we've had you on multiple times now and and you guys are just some of the greatest greatest guests that we've had just great guys great athletes and, and just overall good human beings so um you know it, it's fun for us to to hear the story and, and hear the emotion and hear the passion and, and really just getting the get your take on putting you know, your dreams out there and, and being able to live them Pretty, pretty damn cool, man. Thank you, I appreciate man. that. Thank you, guys. Connor, I got a question, man. What's up? When we were talking a little bit before, a little sneak peek to the audience, you said that the Rays weren't going to win this game. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that, so that breaking news, I'm giving you a chance to uh, walk that back if you want to. No, I still don't think we're going to win it. Okay, okay. All right, well, just to update for everybody that's listening, Monday Night Football, I, I think the Colts just took Lamar Jackson's head off. I'm not sure. But uh, we'll, we'll dive into more about you guys. So I do have a question because we've talked to a lot of guys that have went pro, and they talked about the difference between the college ball, especially, you know, we talked about this with, with a bunch of guys. You play at a high-level school like Tennessee or in the SEC. I mean, that's basically that semi-pro, right? You guys are playing against the top talent. Um, so I'm not going to ask you about the talent difference. What I am going to ask you about is the facilities difference, man. I, I got to know what is the difference between playing at Tennessee and playing, you know, in all these different stadiums to what you're doing now. And I'm not saying talk bad about it, just talk through, through the difference. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it's much the, the stadiums that are different. Cause you have a couple outliers in the SEC that have just really nice stadiums, A&M, Arkansas. Um, but I think it's just more like the fans, you know, like, uh, we're not playing in front of 20,000 like we did in Omaha um, or in front of, you know, a sold out stadium and a sold out street behind the stadium like we did in Knoxville for the Super. So it's just like <clears throat> getting used to that. It's just like fall intersquads, to be honest with you. Like there are fans that come there. I mean, there aren't no fans by any means, but it's just not the same. Like the energy is a little different, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. I got to shift gears for a second, man, because. Uh, you know, we talked about it. We joke with you, you know, that they made you kind of like the uh, GQ face of the baseball team last year. But I got to be real with you, man. Every time I turn on my TV, I see Coach V, man. He's always on there. Like, and he's always just like this heartthrob and all these girls on Twitter saying, oh, the hard eyes, my uh, my husband. So, I mean, what's the deal with that, man? Does he, does he know he's got that GQ look going? I mean, what's the deal here? Uh, to be honest with you, we don't really bring it up. Like, that's not something that, like, we just say out of nowhere, like, hey, you're a pretty good-looking guy. Hey, you are one handsome fella. Hater. That's, that's, yeah. that's, coming, that's coming from a good-looking guy. Like, 
you know they're having secret conversations. <laughs> look, look, Paz, I'm going to tell you, when I was in Omaha, I, I have never seen so many shirts for a coach. Like, the, the Vasilev yeah. shirts were everywhere. Yeah, they love Coach V. They love Coach V. And, he, gonna, hey, look, he deserves it too, right? I'm yeah, going mean, to jump in right here. And absolutely. I will say that Tony he definitely knows that he has it. <laughs> he, won't, he won't let other people uh, – know that he knows that's what i'll say about cheese i knew i should have saved that question for you because like i mean last weekend i turn on the game you know they're playing south carolina and they got they're retiring al wilson man freaking tennessee legend but where does the camera pan tony v baby he's on the sideline he's he's i mean he's mr vol right now he's that guy he's got it he's got what a lot of people want he He doesn't have liam's accent though that's a fact no no he needs me for that he, he does have some of that flow, though. I got to be honest with you, Liam. He's got some of that yeah. flow going on. It's not yeah, quite does. as good as the wings you got going, but it's 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 yeah. all right. The little wings. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Connor, jumping back to you, um, just kind of talk me through. We talked about what it was like, you know, getting drafted, what all that was like. So, talk about like you know, day one when you're in a room with all these guys. What was that like? What was your emotions going through? Did you fit in right away? Um, for the most part, I mean, when I got down to Sarasota to start training. Uh, I was in the big league locker room for the, their big league spring training site, which is really cool. Um, and so that was kind of, you know, humbling to be in there and, and meet all the guys. And I haven't met a bad dude out here yet, which is awesome. Um, like even our first rounder, he, he's really cool. You would have no idea. And um, even the dudes, like they're just some of the best dudes I've ever met. And uh, being around them for a while, while we were in Florida, before we all went up to low A, um, it was kind of like the same deal for all of us. We were just kind of like, Hey, is this, is this like what we're doing now? Like, is, <laughs> is this really happening? And, um, and so it was fun and, you know, they like to have fun, which is awesome because that's what they did at Tennessee. And, you know, it makes it fun to go to work every day. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, summarize it short, obviously for the, for the people that don't know your season, you know, highs and lows, what, what's your, what was the best part about the, you know, when you got to actually play in ball? Yeah, I think it was just more like growing together. Um, winning is awesome. You know, we did it a lot. We had a lot of walk-off wins. But, you know, that dog pile to go to Omaha is something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And so, you know, that's probably about as high as it got. And then, you know, it was just about having fun with the guys more than anything, like really embracing the time that we had together because we knew that <clears throat> that that exact team will never step on the field together again. Um, and so the, the kind of camaraderie that we built throughout the entire season was, was something that I'll probably remember forever. Yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with, uh, with Gilbert actually, and, you know, did you, have you had a moment, I know that you guys have all said the same thing, right? You hasn't sunk in that you're actually playing pro baseball, doing this for a living, but have you had a moment to reflect on what the, your, this last season meant, not just for you personally, but what this means for t- Tennessee baseball moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of – people on the inside can kind of see it coming, but for people on the outside, it changes everything. You know, like people realize that Tennessee is a, a national contender like they deserve to be. Um, you know, like we would have been the COVID year, uh, and we just kind of took that same attitude to, to what we did last year. Like we should be here. We belong here. And, um, and now everybody knows that not only is Coach V for real and is that staff for real, but the University of Tennessee is back and – you know, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. No, absolutely. So, yeah, no doubt. So, so walk us through, it's all, all sunshine and rainbows, but what's been the toughest thing being pro other than just, you know, being away from your family and not playing with the guys that you've been playing with, what was the toughest part? 
definitely not being around my roommates every day. Um, leaving them was without a doubt the hardest part of like moving out of my house. Um, having, having to leave those guys knowing that you probably won't see them for a while. Um, so that's different. And, you know, waking up to, to seeing Chad every morning was something I had to get used to not seeing Chad every day. Not <laughs> Liam's voice screaming from upstairs because I'm up at 7am and, you know, not being able to see Max every day in Cortland and all those guys. Like, um, I think that was kind of the hardest thing to get used to because I was with those guys, you know, every day for like nearly 12 months, you know, every day for almost a whole year. And, um, and I lived with them, lived with Chad and Liam basically for two years. And so not being around them was, was tough and just getting used to not seeing them every day. Like I text them all the time or I try to text them all the time, especially like when we first got drafted, um, like I would just check in see how they're doing because, you know, when we lived together, I could just do it in person, <laughs> but now I got to like call them. Right. Yeah. And that would suck for me. Cause I hate that phone call thing. Yeah. But Liam, I got I got to move to you, man. First thing I got to comment is the, the viewers can't see this, but this hat that you're wearing, man, that is legit. Oh yeah. That's my favorite hat. It, uh, we got it in Omaha and I don't know if I've taken it off much since to be, to be honest. <laughs> as you shouldn't. So I, I gotta be honest with you, man, as a, as a lifelong, uh, Cardinals fan, you know, when you get drafted by the Cubs, man, it, it like, it look kind of hurt my soul a little bit, but I want you to do well, but I got to talk to you specifically, man. Cause a lot was made in Omaha about, you know, your mom and dad being on the other side of the world, having to stay up until all hours to watch you in the regionals and the super regionals. I mean, just, just kind of walk us through for those that either didn't listen to the first as you should, but now are they still doing the same thing? Is there any chance they get to see you play now or still waiting on that big moment? Yeah, I mean, they're still just watching on, on live streams. It's all that they can do right now. But there's talks that the uh, border is going to open up to fly out of Australia late November. So uh, if that happens, that'd be awesome. I don't know if they'll be able to get over right away, but they'll, they'll definitely fast track when they can come over here and watch me play again and just see, like, see them again, you know. Yeah, no doubt. So, so your story, obviously, uh, everybody's got a great story. Yours fascinates me just because of the fact that you did have to leave, you know, your home. The rest of us are obviously from here. You had to leave, and you've been gone for how long, for those that don't know? Have you been away from Australia? Uh, like four years and two months, probably, three months. And, and then, of I've course, been, COVID happens, and you can't yeah. even go back, right? No, I've been back once in those four years, and it was just for seven days oh, man. I was back over here. So it's been, it's been, it's been a long, it's weird to think about that. I haven't been home in over two and a half years. If that's how long it's been. All right. So what is the one thing besides your family? That's the easy question. What is the one thing you miss the most about Australia? I really miss like having fish and chips on the beach. <laughs> right so, like, that's one thing that you just can't get over, over here, like in Tennessee or you can't. What if he was like Outback Steakhouse? <laughs> like I that was definitely one of my favorite meals no absolutely so just walk us through you know same thing that i asked the uh, uh connor what day one what's the emotion like the feeling like and you're in the you know with all the other draftees and talk about they're in a new environment what was that like for you it was weird walking like you kind of know some of the other draft guys like you played against them like those couple of arkansas guys and those there's a kid from duke and like just people that you kind of know and then but you go into a clubhouse with 25 guys that you've never met before but they've been playing a whole season together it's a it's a little not frightening but just like man like this is 
it's, it's next level. Like it's weird. Yeah, no doubt. And and, and being a pro, sure. they're paying you to do it, right? So they're not they're not really caring if you're getting along or your friends. They're here to do a job, right? Yeah. Everybody's there to do a job, and like, I mean, every you're you spend so much time together, so you end up getting pretty close with some of the guys. But like, at first, it's just a whole lot of new faces that have been around each other for a couple of months already, and it's yeah, it's a completely different environment to go into compared to college. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you know, you're familiar with the competitive atmosphere, people kind of coming for your position, but was it different for you transitioning to the pros that, you know, there's like a whole organization, a lot of shortstop, middle infielders, whatever it is. And these guys that you might be getting close to are also gunning for the same job and vice versa. You're gunning for their job. So is that, is that kind of weird too? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird, but there's, you know, you just got to, wherever the coach wants you to play that day that's kind of that's where you play like whatever position it is in the infield that people move to the outfield and at the end of the day like we we're all here to do the same thing so we all it's easy to get along with the guys and like you want them to do well because you're close with them and you know you never want to see someone fail but like it 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 brings out a competitiveness that it's uh it's it's just a different feeling i i, I don't really know how to explain it to be honest well, as a guy that's never played anything past high school ball, you, you couldn't explain it to me, man. I've never been to that <laughs> level. So so props to you guys for that. So talk to me about, and, and you may have already touched on it, just being in this, but what's been the toughest transition for you going from Tennessee to playing pro ball? Well, besides, you know, all the coaches and the teammates and, like, my boys there, uh, the toughest – I don't know. It's an everyday grind and it's a long, long days and it's every day and it doesn't matter what you did the day before the next day's a new day. And it's like that at college, but you know, you play three games a week. This is, it's a game every day. It's not just practice the next day. Like it's a, it's a whole new game and you got to come with a fresh mind and just fresh mental state that like it's wipe whatever happens the day before. Cause nobody cares about it anymore. Like, oh, and uh, I'm just going to, I'm glad you brought that up, man. I'm going to talk about me for a second. My daughter plays competitive softball, right? And I, she had a bad weekend last weekend. Let's just, she listens. She'll hear this. But team didn't have a good weekend. And I kept telling her on the ride home, you know, you guys all know you play can travel ball. You know, you take those long rides home and it's like, man, that sucked and you're down. But I told her, you just got to flush this out. Monday's a new day. We'll get back in the lab. We'll do our thing. But it's a struggle right now. She's only 12, so she's got a lot of time to grow. But, you know, I know talking to guys like you that have been through it, it, it I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm going to bring this up to her. It's like you do. It's like, all right, today's a new day. And for her, it's, and the next weekend's a, a new weekend. So at least it's not everyday grind for her just yet. Right. But, yeah, it's if, if you let the day before you eat you up and keep eating you up, it's, it's just going to be a snowball effect. And that's yeah. one thing that was a challenge that I hadn't experienced before. Yeah, no doubt. So, cheese, man, I'm, I got to move on to you for, for a little minute here. I imagine a dude like you, you go in the locker room, you fit right in day one, right? Yeah, pretty much. So, you walk in there, do you introduce yourself as the cheese? Uh, I usually just go with Chad first, and then uh, and then it just kind of slowly comes out. I don't usually just go straight up cheese but uh i think it was on one of my like tennessee backpacks that was carrying kind of most of my stuff uh got a question or two about it and then it's uh i mean it's already stuck coaches 
uh, coaches all call me cheese now. Players are calling me cheese. So uh, it's it's definitely made its way with me. Absolutely. You know, one of my favorite things, and I, and I know DB said this too, one of the, our favorite quotes that you ever gave was like, I'm going to give up some home runs. You know, I'm going to give up because I'm going to put it in there. So have you, you still doing that, mate, in the bigs? You still giving up a few, but still striking some folks out? I, uh, I've had two outings in instructs, and that's the only time I've thrown. I've thrown two innings. Uh, I have not given up any home runs, um, not even close so far. Uh, that would change. Uh, could be any second, so uh, I'll keep it keep it to that. But, uh, no, I mean, getting a couple strikeouts, ground outs, pop-ups, all that, but no homers yet. No, no doubt, no doubt. So, you know, we were kind of joking earlier about Coach V and, and the football team, so just transitioning a little bit. Um, you guys, obviously, you know, you support Tennessee as a whole. What, what What's your thoughts on the football team, man, seeing a lot of marked improvement? I mean, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? Got Lane coming in? I, uh, my pitching coach actually, uh, he went to Ole Miss. So we've been kind of trash talking right now. Y'all got uh, any bets? Y'all got any bets on it? Some friendlies? No, not yet. I'll probably run some by him tomorrow, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like it. I try to watch as much as I can. I like the new unis, like how they're kind of adding some flavor, even with the white cleats, giving them, I mean, it's a, they're, I get the whole, uh, you know, they could only wear black cleats. I get it to a certain extent, but I mean, even with baseball, we're playing a damn children's game, you know, like we're, we're, it's, it's a game that we're playing and we can't. So I like that they're adding some flavor, letting them do their own thing a little bit. And uh, I'm liking the play a little bit. Cheese, what's better, the black play. unis or the, the smoky grays in baseball? What's up? Ooh, I, I love the smoky grays in baseball, I, but I do like that, that uh, all black flair and, there was a lot of tweets about uh, wanting to use a black helmet, which I think would have looked awesome too. But I kind of, I kind of liked a little bit, a splash of white in there. I liked it. Yeah, I really, really liked the black unis. You know, when they debuted the charcoal grays or smoky grays or whatever a couple years ago in football, I loved those too. Yeah. But uh, and I loved it when you guys wore them. But them blacks, man, they was just hitting something different, man. I do. I got to be honest with you, man. I, obviously, I love Tennessee, but I wish that they would have saved the blacks for the night game coming up this weekend. I mean, that you know, hey, I, I get why they did it. You got to get it out there. But, man, imagine night game in Neyland, packed house, come out in the blacks. Woo, getting chills just thinking about it. I would have liked it too because uh, I'm going to be in Knoxville at the game this Saturday, so uh, I would have liked to see it in person. Man, that's what's up. You're going to be the good luck charm, man. You got to give oh, us like the opposite of Peyton Manning, though. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll be fine. We're going to – He's going to take Coach V's TV time, Randy. They're going to be panning on the cheese. Yeah, no doubt. Look, that I can't, I can't wait to see you. I want you on the field in the shot, though. You're going to be in cam review. And if you stand next to Coach V, you will get on the screen, dog. I'm yeah, telling you. I'll be right there with him. Yeah, so, all right. So, we talked about, you know, you kind of fit in day one. So, you know, same thing I asked the other guys. What's been the toughest transition other than not being around your homies, of course, right? We know that is. But what's been it for you? Uh. Let's see. I mean, I think it's just like they said, it's, you know, just not being with the boys that you, you know, spent years with. Um, it's, it's different, you know, like, like Liam and I think Connor said as well, like some of these guys here, you know, a lot of them have became some of my really good friends. Um, and that's great, but you know, it's not that, that core tight group that we had at Tennessee or even our own household. Um, 
and I wouldn't even necessarily call this tough because it's something that we've all had to kind of stick to. But uh, I would say, you know, like lifting and all that is it's it's kind of more. And I don't know how it was with, you know, uh, Connor and Liam because, you know, they were out playing games and I was uh, just kind of lifting and throwing a little bit. But um, where I was at the at that time, it was kind of more just like, you know, you have your strength coaches in there to help you. But uh, they're not right over you, you know, watching everything you do, making sure, you know, uh, every rep is done, that kind of thing that most strength coaches do, like at the college and high school level. So, um, like I said, it, it's not really hard. It's just, you know, you got to stay on yourself, to, you know, you keep doing what got you there and just uh, keep working as hard as you can. Yeah, no doubt. So same thing I kind of asked Connor, right? Have you, obviously we talked about, you know, the fact that you guys, have, it's not really sunk in, but have you had a chance to sit back and kind of reflect on, I'm sure you guys have talked about this, you know, the season that you guys went through, how special that team was. And, and honestly, and you guys probably would downplay this, but I mean, you guys, this is the catalyst. This is what's starting Tennessee in the right direction, right? I don't think there's any reason to think that it won't continue the trajectory, but you guys will always have a place in history of getting them back there. So what does that mean to you, you know, just to know that? feels good. Kind of gave me chills when you said that. Um, yeah, I've gotten to, uh, I've gotten to reminisce a little bit. I'll go back and, you know, definitely on Twitter, you'll see a lot of moments that happened. And then even if it pops up, you know, I'm just chilling, relaxing, watching some YouTube, some things will pop up. So I'll go back and watch them. And a lot of, a lot of the draft guys, uh, in this class with the Blue Jays have kind of told me that, you know, they watched us throughout, you know, postseason and, uh, how exciting it was, but yeah, like, uh, Man, this season, that shit was nuts. I, I, nuts. It, I don't even know how to explain it. We had probably six or seven moments that, you know, never should have happened. And uh, it, they just fell into the right – to the right hands. No Everybody doubt. has seen that walk-off home run that Gilby hit. A yeah, million everybody. times. Thanks to Jim Cross, they've seen it two million times. The, yeah. There's so many versions of it on TikTok that they've done yeah. such a great job on. Everybody who's edited that thing and put a different kind of music and cut it up Perfect. and slice it up, it's awesome. So, Cheese, I got one more before I turn you over to Jim, man. So, obviously, you know, I, I expect you to be down the field at some point at, this weekend, but where are you sitting at, bro? I don't even know. They're, uh, I think they're supposed to do some kind of recognizing uh, the College World Series team, and uh, some of the guys can't make it due to um, baseball. But uh, So, I have no idea. I'm just going to show up and uh, just listen to wherever they tell me to go. I'll be there. So, I'll try All to right. be by – if I can get some camera time, though. I got to see you on there. All right, one last thing, man. Give me a score prediction for the game, man. Oh, um, obviously, balls. Um, let's say uh, the, 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 the 34 to 21. That's right. Balls by a trillion. Yeah, of course, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna have to score fifty points to win, at least. Man, at least. Look, I'm gonna tell you right now. Everybody talks about the Vols' offense, and they have been really good. But they underestimating that D, bro. That D, hey, that D deserves some respect. They gonna, they, hey, y'all gonna find out this weekend. True freshman defensive player of the week this past week. That's right. Dude came in third on the depth chart, defensive mm-hmm. player of the week in the SEC, baby. Put some respect by his name, Cheese. He's here. He's here. Right. What's his What's his name? And I, I'll put some respect by. I saw. I just saw a tweet. Turnage, Brandon Turnage, I believe. 
Yes, there we it go. Is. Uh, uh, the, you know the the governor knows. He's got it. He's one of his constituents. Didn't even go to school with him. He's on it. Hey, I I just need y'all to beat Kentucky because their quarterback's been trolling me, and I don't appreciate it. Really? I started it though. You know, he have you seen him? He eats the banana with the peel on it, with the shirt off, and like shows his muscles and stuff. Have you seen it? Uh, I have not, but that's weird. So I yeah. mock, so I mocked him and I did it and I ate it with the peel on. And then I told him that LSU was going to work them over this weekend. Well, his IG story, he did it again and put go cats with the G E A U X. And then he did it on his IG story. So Randy was like, How do you know it was personal towards you? I said, Because he sent it to me in my DMs. I said, <laughs> That was absolutely personal. So screw that guy. I need Tennessee to take care of Kentucky because now I've never had beef with Kentucky in my life. Now I do. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's that's a weird thing to do. I don't know how we. It, it actually, with. it actually doesn't taste bad. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> it's just crazy. to double down. Jim said he did it to mess with that dude, but he did the same thing. He had his shirt off. He was eating the banana thing. The only difference is this is the part that weirded me out, guys. You could see that man banana in his mouth, bro. Both of them. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, geez, I I gotta ask you about something that ain't. Nothing to do with baseball, man. We had you and your brother on here. You became an uncle, man. Tell me what that's like. I did, and it's uh, man, it's awesome. I uh, got to, I got a little break between the season, minor league season, and instructs. About a, I think it was about a five day break. So I got to go down there, uh, meet baby Drew, and uh, man, it was it was weird, obviously, um, it, but it was awesome. You know, I got to I got to hold her for the first time which I think about five minutes in, I was kind of like, all right, you know, I don't know what to do. She's just like, <laughs> she was like two weeks old at that point, but it, it's been cool. You know, um, uh, man, Jack and, and Reed, um, mom and dad, obviously they all send, uh, they'll send pictures every day, probably 15 pictures a day of her. And all she's doing is just laying there, but man, it, it just kind of warms your heart and you don't even know her really. Man, and yeah, having your brother on here, like, I, I can see him. He's going to be that that girl dad that has got, like, her back for life. And so I know, you, I know you're proud of him. I'm sure he's he's growing and learning in the process, just like us three guys have done uh, as fathers. So, you know, I'm sure you talk to him. And even though you haven't been through that, you know, I'm sure you, you talk to him. Maybe, maybe sometimes you're just the listening outlet, you know, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh... Go ahead. Good. Oh, he, uh, yeah, he's doing good. He, um, he's always, I mean, been kind of the same guy as me, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe with a little more attitude, I would probably say. And I hope he listens to that. He'll probably agree, but, uh, man, he, she gets in his arms and it's, he, he crumbles, which is a, which is a great thing. It's, it's, it's kind of crazy to see, but awesome at the same time. She, uh, he's wrapped around her tiny little finger. That's for sure. Oh yeah, man. It, it changes everything. All, all three of us are girl dads and every one of us are, are owned. So it's, it starts from day one and, and it continues. The other note I wanted to do, man, um, personal note, uh, I got to shout you out because you sent me a message last weekend. Um, your dad even sent me a message talking, uh, about you and, uh, in regards to my son and, and taking on some bullying and, and you sent me a very nice message and, and I sent it or I shared it with my son and, 
um, he thought it was so cool. And, you know, that, that ties along with when we were in Omaha because he got a thousand compliments for his shirt. He was told that his, it's all about that cheese shirt with the cheese drip on it was like the best shirt anybody saw. And so he was a cheese fan. He didn't even know you, but he was there for you. And then when you took the mound for the first time, um, it was a big deal for him because he'd been repping the shirt, but he didn't even know who you were yet. And so um, he became a fan. And so for then you to, to send words to encourage him about, you know, not taking, you know, what they're saying to heart and don't worry about them and just be you. Uh, it meant a lot. And your dad had said, man, um, I feel like I've done a good job raising my son to, to be like that and teach these kids. And my son's not the first one. I've seen you interact on social media with with other kids and I've seen the pictures and, and what a good job you've done being a, a role model to kids. So I just wanted to, to tell you, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, thank you for the kind words again, but it's, uh, you know, it's not hard to be kind in this world. So, and I was, you know, I was that little kid at the same time when I was younger. So, you know, I just want to pass it forward. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, getting back to baseball, so what's the uh, what's the outlook for next season? When do you get back to work? Like, you know, is it, are you already doing things right now or are you just chilling? So, yeah, I have one more outing, and that will be this upcoming Thursday uh, against the Phillies Instruct League guys. And um, after that, I'm done. I'll head up to Tennessee for a little bit um, and then head home till I think – Spring training is usually around late February, early March, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, and the staff here will kind of guide me through my first off season, as well. It'll happen for uh, Connor and Liam as well. But uh, so it's kind of intimidating going into you know your first off season, which is weird to say because you know it's off. But um, it just kind of you know you know you need to be ready when you get to spring training. So that that is when I, I don't know when I'll kind of start picking stuff back up. Um, the staff will help me though. And then, so late February, early March is when uh get to spring training, get back to it. Gotcha. So we asked you this question in regards to before your, your season with Tennessee on what was the thing that you felt like going into the season you needed to improve on. I want to ask that same question, but now going forward into your next step and your next chapter, what is the one thing that you really need to improve on to up your game? Uh, I'm sure when, when we, uh, had the first episode, it was, I probably said something about a change up. And so. No, you uh, actually so, said give up less homers. That's what actually brought that whole joke around. Really? Laugh about you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I did. So we'll scratch that. Uh, I think a change up will really up my game. And since I've been here, uh, I've gotten to be able to throw it more consistently, kind of have more control on it. So I think once I make that a, uh, a pitch that I can throw to any hitter kind of, at any time, I think that will really up the game. And then just kind of uh, pitch selection, I think, you know, being able to read hitters a little better will definitely uh, up the game. Absolutely. All right, so MLB playoffs are going on. Being that none of y'all's three teams that drafted y'all are in this, you know, there won't be any bias. I need to know first, you know, not, not who you want to win, but who do you think is the team, if you were to lay down money, who's the team that you'd say is going to win it all? Oof. The White or, you could, or you could give me, or you could give me a World Series. I'm gonna get you, Liam. Hold up. Uh, get you can even give me a World Series matchup at minimal. I uh, I honestly don't watch much baseball. I'm trying to, 
Oh my gosh. You got to watch these guys. You're fixing to be on the field with them, dude. I'm trying to, I've gotten a lot better since I've been here, mainly because, you know, my roommate will want to watch it uh, and it's getting a little better, but um, my hometown team, obviously for life has always been the Astros. So, and since the Jays are out, I'm hoping to see the Strohs back in the world series, hopefully take it home now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know the White Sox are really good. Um, the Rays are, and Red Sox are both really good. So I don't know, but I will, I hope for the Astros now that the Jays are out. I got you. Randy, do you have any different feelings towards cheese now that he just said that about the Astros? You know, I would love to say that cheaters never prosper, but that's obviously not true because they're world series <laughs> champions. But, you know, hey, look, I think DB's got more of the heartburn on that. But as a pitcher, man, I'm a little surprised, man. I'm a little surprised. Daniel, you got you got any words? You know, it's his hometown team. If, that, if that's the way you want to go, then so be it. But uh, Daniel let you off the hook. He hates Houston. Well, I, I, Red, Red Sox just won. Congratulations. Oh no! Hey, y'all, y'all know Daniel lives in Tampa, and while the Cardinals are his team, man, the love that he has grown for the Rays. So sorry to hear that, DB, live on the show. I'm glad nobody I know plays in the Red Sox organization because I can't stand them dudes. (laughs) I I almost think they. They're cheating like the Astros. I'm going to have to go out of order just for a second. I, Liam, I'm going to you next, but I got to ask Connor because he predicted it when we were getting ready for the show. And then Randy came back out on, uh, you know, past. How, how does it feel to be right about your prediction? Uh, I kind of saw it coming. Not surprised. You, so, so you, I mean, you see something. Like, obviously, and, I, I, you know, Cheese is busting himself out about not watching. But I could tell based upon our talk beforehand, you do watch – what is it that you you were seeing that made you know that you thought it was coming? Well, I did not think the Rays were coming back. I, I thought the Red Sox were going to hold on to that lead, but they didn't. Um, so any observation that I could give as to why I thought they were going to win besides that would just be a lie. So <laughs> they they had more runs than the other team when I said it, so I was just sticking with it. Randy, this dude, he really – he can't – and you know what? Actually, he can't be the governor. A politician would lie. He's Man, this is Pastor, Pastor Pavs. but all right Liam let me get to you man um you know you've been talking about what you've been been doing lately and everything um you know what's what's the next step for you um you know how long a break do you get before you know you go to the next step in your journey Uh, well I get done this Saturday with instructs and then I don't think as far as I know I don't think uh I'll have to do anything until like March maybe February next year so hang out uh go to Knoxville spend some good time there and work out there and use the facilities as much as I can. And I got no plans between now and before spring training starts. Since, uh, since we hadn't got to talk on air since uh, your first episode, I do want to, I do want to backtrack on something. You told us that you don't hit bombs. We got to come back <laughs> around to that, dude, you hit some bombs. You hit some timely bombs. You hit some grand slam bombs next year. Well, why you put on a front like that, man? You got the power. Uh, the, the the surprise factor that it brings, you know. I can't if I say that I hit bombs and I only hit five home runs. Like, is it really that impressive, you know? But I say that I don't hit any, and I hit five. 
it's a lot, it's a lot better. We did have a guy that say he was going to hit double digits, and he hit zero. 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 We can't go an episode without hurting Ben, man. Y'all got to leave that man alone. And this is very own Ben Van Cleve came on here and called all pitchers idiots and then said he was going to hit double-digit home runs. And then I told him if he hits double-digit home run, if if he doesn't, he's going to come back on this show and he's going to apologize to every pitcher. So I'm almost in in the right mind to get every pitcher that we've ever had on this show and have him on a Zoom call when he apologizes. Oh, <laughs> uh, but, but Liam, I, you know, I can't honestly, man. I can't picture you. You seem like the kind of guy I can't picture you going more than a few days without taking on some ground balls. I can't see you taking too much of a break. Am I wrong? No, uh, you're not wrong. Uh, I. Ground balls is definitely something like I pride myself on my defense, so I, I'll be taking ground balls a lot. I, I need to get better uh, on defense, so and and ground balls are fun. You know, I, I enjoy I enjoy it. So yeah, I mean, we we wa- we watched you all season, man. Hey, you got you got the tools that like. There's no doubt the Cubs got a good player, and like Randy said, we don't we don't really like the Cubs, but I actually did something for you. I gotta I gotta talk and take my headset off at the same time. I wore this just for you. No, my Tennessee Smokies hat on. That's so, that's that would be a nice spot to be in. Yeah, so if if you get called up, I'm heading over there. I'm gonna wear my hat. We I'm be good to go. But once you make it to Chicago, I I'll, I'll root for you. Kinda. We'll go with <laughs> we'll go we'll go with that. But uh, I'll, you take, know, I'll take a kinda. <laughs> but 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 same same question uh you know ask cheese you know and we had asked you during the original episode um you know you just said you wanted to improve on your fielding but i'll be honest man you, your fielding didn't look like it hurt your bat didn't look like it hurt so i gotta know what area does liam spence gotta work on to get better oh i gotta get stronger i gotta put on put on a little bit of fat around my bones and uh maybe be able to Maybe I would be able to hit double-digit homers then and call myself a homer hit, home run hitter. But uh, I, but hitting's one thing. I, defense is just something that I've always prided myself on, and I always want to get better at it. So that's the th- that's one of my focuses will be defense uh, over this break. Absolutely no. I I, I think you know we talk about all you guys and everybody. They're, they're, if anybody says they doesn't have room for improvement, they're they're definitely lying. So, you know, MLB playoff predictions, you know, for you as well, you know, you, I, you obviously set off the White Sox real quick. Is that who you want to win or is that who you think is going to win? It's both. I think the White Sox will win and I have a – and I want to I want to see the White Sox win just for uh, Garrett Crochet. But the, the, other than that, I would have no reason for – wouldn't really care who wins, to be honest, but just because he's there. Randy, if I'm not mistaken, Cubs guys are not supposed to root for the White Sox. Am I correct? This is that whole not South rooting. Side North Side thing. He, nope. I don't think he's rooting for them. Not rooting for the White Sox. I would just like to see, for Garrett's sake, them win. But, but besides that's commendable. That, besides that, uh, I'm not rooting for any team left. Not doing. No. <laughs> I thought we were rooting for the Braves because our guest was oh, Austin Riley. No. No, I never said I was rooting for the Braves. I hope Austin does very well, and I hope he hits all the bombs. Mainly, mainly I hope Austin gets the bag. That's what I hope. Yeah, guys, I got to tell you, before I move on, before I move on to Pavs, guys, you hear Daniel saying Giants. 
So for weeks and weeks now, Daniel, he's even came I, on and flexed. I, I should have put I should have put money on the Giants. He flexed the Giants hat. Me and Randy predicted every week. We never we never wavered. We said the Dodgers would overtake the Giants, win the division, that the Giants would eventually fall off. And Daniel every week kept saying the Giants will hold and damn it if they didn't. So me and Randy had to apologize on here, tell Daniel he was right. It, it hurts. It hurts. I'm still Daniel was right. All that's not going to matter when the Dodgers win this series and the Giants are sitting at home with the Cardinals. Mm, true that because, you know, Scherzer's on the mound next. Are they playing yet tonight? They're playing yeah. right now. 0-0, zero, 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 bottom three. Gotcha, you, gotcha. You. All right, Pavs. Uh, or no, wait. I don't got, got cross up. It is Pavs' turn, right? Too many of you guys. Um. Yeah, no. So, you know, what's the next step for you? Same thing as the other guys, you know. Um, how long a break do you get? All that stuff. Uh, I mean, like I said, I go back to instructs on, or I go to instructs on Thursday. Um, so I got like probably three weeks off, and then uh, I'm going to instructs. Um, and then after that, and then I just get ready for spring training at that point. Um, so like late February, early March, as Chad said. Uh, so like November twentieth, I think is my last day of instructs, and then spring training will be my next my next thing with the Orioles. Gotcha. How's the uh, how's the hand, man? Because we, you know, we obviously watched that. I I remember the message came across in real time from Randy, and man, that thing it looks so painful. Uh, yeah, it didn't feel good. Um, I'll tell you that. I mean, it never really like. We just wanted to get it to a point where it was healed enough for me to play. Um, and that How was. How did kind you of get a bomb thing. with that thing hurt? By the way, I need to know that. I don't know, man. Adrenaline. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I knew that I probably wouldn't feel it as much when I got on the field uh, just because of adrenaline. And um, and so when I came back, it felt good to come back. And uh, I actually hit better with a broken hand. So, you know, kind of <laughs> appreciate it a little bit. Uh, but it, it's good. It, it healed really well and um, haven't had a problem with it in pro ball. So um, I, I assume that it's healed all the way. And so uh, the I'm going to get as strong as it was before the grip. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's either equally as strong or just off. Um, but when I go back to Tennessee in November, um, we're gonna get another MRI on it just just because they want to check up on it and um, and make sure everything's good. It healed the right way because we never had a chance to do it, you know, during the season. So uh, once we get another MRI on it, then I'll I'll be able to know like you know if it healed right or if something's different. But it feels great. That's good to hear, man. I'm glad I'm glad they recovered because you know when it happened in real time and then. You know, uh, they were talking about it. We, we were worried it might have some long-term effects. You know, sometimes these things don't. Sometimes they do. But it, it definitely look, it looked like it was, it was a painful injury, to say the least. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, I'll save this one for you, as regards to Tennessee. You know, Randy was asking them about Tennessee football. I wanted to ask you about Tennessee baseball going next year. You know, we just talked to um, Drew, and we obviously had Evan on, and um, – Man, honestly, with losing a lot of guys, y'all retained so much. And I'm going to keep saying y'all because y'all are a part of that team, regardless if y'all stepped uh, and you're moved on. And so, man, especially we were talking about the the outfield, right? Because, you know, y'all got four guys. Like, somebody's automatically probably going to be that DH because you got to have those all those guys in the lineup. But then, y'all, you know, you got Blade and other guys returning. Like, it's, there's a lot coming back. What are the expectations you believe, especially, in, you know, in an SEC that's going to be stacked as usual? I mean, in my opinion, Omaha should be a second home for those guys. Um, at least they, they should make it that way. 
Um, and so I think, you know, that's where I expect them to be just because I know who's there um, and I know who the head coach is. So I, I think they're going to do everything they can to get to where we were last year. And, um, and I truly believe they have the team to do it again. I agree that their SEC schedule is an absolute gauntlet this year, um, especially where they places they have to go, uh, playing at Mississippi State, at Ole Miss, uh, at Florida. Like, it's not easy to play there. Um, and I'm excited for the guys, like, that haven't been there, but I'm, I'm more excited for the guys like Gilbert and, and Russ and Beck to, to kind of show out on a national stage. And, you know, they're going to be the, the guys on that team again. And uh, I, I think they have every bit of the talent to go back to Omaha, to be, to be completely honest with you. Yeah, we, we agree. Absolutely. And I think me and Randy, I don't, we haven't solidified it, but you know, Oxford's only an hour from us. Um, I think we both decided we're going to go down there and, uh, and, and wear the orange and, and heckle the old Miss folks. Randy, we, we, we going to do that or what's up? I was muted. Yeah, I'm all in. I'm always down to go down to uh, Oxford and watch Tennessee beat Ole Miss always. Yeah, I agree. And we, and, we, and we got Ole Miss guys that come on here. We're friends. We got a lot of Ole Miss listeners. But at the end of the day, man, um, I, if I had to pick, man, I've, I've loved the Tennessee guys. You know, obviously I was, I was wearing the shirts in, in Omaha. So I'm going to do that. Now, the Mississippi State thing, I got guys that are like little brothers on there. So what I'm just going to do is go there and, and be neutral. I can't, I can't root for, for Tennessee, but I, I will hope for a success. Not me, boys. All orange. Uh, Damn hey, right. Hey, here's the funny thing, guys. We did an episode, and Daniel put me and Randy on the spot. And I was asked to pick who was going to win the World Series, Tennessee or Mississippi State, in my opinion, because those were the two teams I was rooting for. And I picked y'all, and then it ended up being Mississippi State. And I hate picking wrong. I'm like, damn. But it was cool to see you guys. Uh, Pat, I, I sent you the video. I, I posted it. I watched you and Cheese warm up. So, Chad, I guess this is directed towards you, too. And uh, I didn't even, like, try to bother y'all until the end. I tried to catch Pats when it was too late, started yelling governor. But I was, like, watching y'all warm up. And, man, y'all were so dialed in and focused. And it was cool having the fact that we had the two of y'all on and then watching how in sync y'all were and the communication y'all were having. And then um, even in that game, um, you know, Pavs, Cheese, one of y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I think he went five scoreless, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he. it was yeah. something like – Yeah. It was it was kind of crazy, Chad. Like you didn't give up any of those bombs, right? You you did your job, but the problem was it was the one time, you know, it felt like all year. Anytime we watched Tennessee, it felt like y'all were just putting up runs at will, especially when you were on the mound. And then all of a sudden Cheese got a goose egg up there, and then man, where are the runs at? Yeah, I mean I mean that's just baseball, you know. Right. Even even if you're, you know, hitting good, playing good, it doesn't really always uh, work out in your favor and uh so I mean yeah it's just one of those days where not many things were going for us but uh man what a what a time it was that's for sure Chief, since you're a shoot straight uh I can't even talk since you're a straight shooter I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question then I'm gonna come back to Connor for my final question the way NC State was playing if COVID doesn't mess them up do you think they win at all I think they had a really good chance um, I wanted them to win, obviously, huge underdogs um, being, uh, you know, NC State's kind of a, I guess, a, not a, necessarily a smaller school, but uh, I guess not with a huge name. Uh, they, they were playing their tails off and they're a really good team. But I will say after we got knocked out, and I hope Connor and Liam remember this, but once we got knocked out, I knew Mississippi State was going to win it. 
I called it. Yeah. There you go. Just I we won't forget that y'all uh, took Rowdy Jordan's hotel room either. <laughs> I forgot about that. Me too. All right. So Connor, last one, and I'm gonna let y'all play some this or that, man. What is what is the one thing that you gotta do? And I and I know you're a perfectionist. What's the, what's the one thing you gotta do to up your game going into next year? Uh I just wanna be more consistent offensively. Um I obviously want to get better defensively, but I, I think if I can hit, then it kind of changes everything for me, um, especially in terms of, of how fast I move or, or what the trajectory is. Um, so that's kind of all I want to do is just be a more consistent hitter. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I'm going to get better defensively. So um, if I could just put the hit tool with it, I, I think that would really take me to the next level. Gentlemen, it, it's that time before we let you guys run, we're going to play this or that i know the last time y'all were on we all played this and this is 2.0 version this is the the cage match version so um let me refresh you on the rules i give you two options you pick one option or the other can't say both can't say neither got to be decisive got to pick one you guys good with that yeah we're good all right with it with it being three guys the order it'll it'll go Pavs, Liam, Chad. All right, so I'll give the question. Pavs will answer, then Liam, then followed by Chad. So, all right, first question. Would you rather never wait in a line again, or would you rather have no red lights ever again? No red lights. Never wait in a line. Mm, never wait in a line. Nice. Good call. Right. Wow. Go to Disneyland. <laughs> oh, so Liam has the line picked out. Chad, what line would you not like? What's the one line that you hate? The restroom line, long restroom line. <laughs> Dude, like, is it not beyond infuriating when you go to a men's restroom and there's a line? Like, totally. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I thought you were going to say the cookout line, Chad. <laughs> no, I vibe there. <laughs> Yeah. I got to give right. Liam his due. That Disney answer is underrated. As someone who's been twice, those lines, mm-hmm. they get long. They ain't fun. They ain't fun. Right. I can see the you... red light. Hey, the, the red light, I mean, if you're if you're somebody who runs late frequently, the red light is the way to go. Well, well do you remember what Q said last week, Daniel? The red lights are when you get a chance to answer your text messages you need to respond to. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a good. good. All right, second question. Would you rather have the painful truth or would you rather have a comforting lie? Painful so I, truth. I, yeah. I, it, this is, this is a, a big league. This is a big league question. Liam, what do you got? Comforting lie or painful truth? Well, the painful truth, I guess. I, yeah, painful truth. Man, I'm, I'm getting pulled to that comfort, but <laughs> that just uh, – <laughs> That that sends you down just a whirl of you know of, of badness. So I'm gonna go you know the painful truth. Yeah. Liam, real quick, is the painful truth right now that you're in the stairwell of the hotel? Yeah, that is painful truth. And <laughs> the, yeah, and that my defense is giving up too many points. I'm gonna lose fantasy this week. Bro, hey, Liam, I got to tell you, the fact that that was able to come out, Randy has been texting saying he wanted to ask you that question. The <laughs> fact that the opportunity arose. I had to have a segue. I just couldn't, like, just bust you out like that, but I had yeah, to know. 
my roommate's watching the baseball game and stuff in, in the room, so I, I can't uh, bother him with all my talking. <laughs> sure, you can. Sure, you can. It's your room, too. Dude, I'm proud of Pavs for not being in bed this time. You know, the first episode he was in bed. The second episode we had with Chad and his brother, he was laying in bed in the background. So glad to see uh, Pavs that could actually sit up for an episode. <laughs> Just glad to be here, guys. Hey, third, third question, guys. Would you rather owe somebody money or owe someone a favor? Mm. Wow. Um... Money. Favor. I'm going to go money. You never know what that favor is going to be. Right, that's, Chad? That's, that's what I thought. That's, that's When I was writing that question, that's what I was yeah. – my mind – could, It could lead you to another adventure. You, know, you yeah. never know. Like, that favor uh, could also be like me asking Randy to help me move from house to house, and it ended up being hell. Ain't that right, Randy? <laughs> <laughs> They, they wasn't friends for a long time after that. <laughs> we just started talking again when we started this podcast. That's been like 11 years. All right, so we had Drew Gilbert on, and I asked him this question, so I'm going to ask you guys this question as well. What would happen first if Drew Gilbert was at the plate and Chad Dallas was pitching? Would Chad give up a home run first, or would Chad strike out Drew Gilbert first? I think he would strike him out before he gave up a homer. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Depends. Yep. I mean, it, if there's anybody on base, he's not giving up a home run. But if it's a lead up an inning, he might give up a homer. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm agreeing with that. If, uh, if I, <laughs> I'm going a couple innings scoreless, it's very, very, <laughs> very good chance that he's sitting pretty much to the Tennessee River. Well, he, uh, Chad, he, he, he gave you your due, man. He said, you know, when we asked him that question, he said that he would strike out way before he gave up, you gave up a home run to him. So. He, was, he was humble, man. I can't believe he it. He said it was the law of averages, to be fair. He said, well, let's just yeah. think about it from a baseball standpoint. Of course, I would strike out before I hit a home run. Well, I he, was in that way, too. Hitting, hitting is very tough. But he said that if you were pitching against him in the regional and the bases were juiced, he was taking you to the yard. Hell, who did it in the regional, honestly? (laughs) I just want to know how he would bat flip on cheese, if he would have a respect level or if he'd go ahead and do what he does. Jeez, that was that was your that that's taken over as my favorite quote. Who didn't? And that's funny shit right there. Pretty good one. Yeah. Drew's got me in in the fall inner squad probably once or twice, hell, and maybe even more. But uh no, he can't. Subtle, a, a casual, a casual toss of the bat. Nothing, nothing like you've seen on TV. That's for sure. Pavs, when when you're behind the dish and Chad throws a ball, do you immediately go, "Oh shit"? No, I I don't think that happened this year. When they hit it, I'll just be like, "Damn!" Yeah. Um, <laughs> And there was one time where I came out to the mound with Chad, and I was like, dude, he just hit the shit out of that. <laughs> and we're laughing about it. Did y'all happen yeah. to see – we got to ask uh, – we had Landon Sims on here, and then we had Logan Tanner. And that home run hit by the Notre Dame dude, uh, the dude who led the college in home runs, uh, I, I can't think of his I can't name. Think his name. Big, big guy. Nico Cavadas. Yeah. 
and he hit it to the moon off Landon Sims. And ironically, it was the first home run he gave up all season. And Logan Tanner said from the catcher's position, he said that thing still ain't landed. No, I've hey, not bowling so far. Yeah, I've had a couple of those, some of them. All right. If you had to pick one of these guys, Pav, to be a teammate with, who would you pick? Liam or oh. Chad? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you get to be a teammate with him again. Who are you picking? That's wow. That's rude. I didn't even wow. know the question was on there. Yes. Yeah, I don't even know if I want to hear the answer. Yeah, yes. That that's 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 my answer to it. It'd be impossible to pick either one of these dudes because they're both some of the best teammates I've ever had, like in terms of just being guys. It might just be because I live with them too. Um but Let's make you know, it easy. Let's make it a little easier for you. Who would you rather have as a roommate? Oh. It might have just got harder. It might have just got harder. <laughs> no, because they're both the same roommate. <laughs> All right, Daniel, you might have to ask him Drew Gilbert or Evan Russell since those are uh, other guys we've had on because I don't think he's going to be able to pick between them. Keyword. No, I, I, I can't pick between anybody. As a roommate, though, you can't stay on the messy one. You can't. I, I just I don't know. Like I'm not. I'm messy, but Chad's just as messy. You can't. No, we're, I yeah, know, we're the same guy. We're yeah. even. I would go with even. Yeah. No, I I can't even. I can't even choose that. Do Liam ever, does help clean though. Chad never helped clean. Yeah, there we go. There's the answer. Uh, I was busy preparing my body for game day, bro. <laughs> Bro, one game a week. <laughs> one game yeah. a week, dude. Yeah. One game a week. Got to perform. Oh, man. So, I, I was going to formulate the question, the same question for each of you. I have a feeling that we're going to get the same outcome. So, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to graciously bow out of this question because I, I feel like I'm going to get the, yeah. the political answer from everybody. Um, so, We'll go straight to the last question. This is a question that is slowly becoming one of our favorite questions. Um, would you rather spend 10 years in a coma or five years in jail? Can you repeat that? Ten, would you rather spend 10 years in a coma or five years in jail? What five did I do jail. to end in jail? <laughs> you're missing the point of the question <laughs> I do that much I, I am i am i coming out of jail for sure yeah you're coming out of coma in 10 years or you're coming out of jail in oh you're years. coming out of the oh guys we're thinking too much what would you rather do chad five years in jail bro at least i'm like yeah I yeah I, i'd say jail I don't want my family to, you know, uh, ten years of, you know, just kind of always constantly worrying about me. At least, I don't, in I don't think, I don't think I could do jail. <laughs> you don't <laughs> think Liam's the first of... honest guy? No, no, Liam's the first honest guy because everybody else who who says it doesn't say it like that. Jeez, you're telling me think... that if you were in jail, we're, we're talking like Max Penitentiary here, bro. Your family ain't gonna be worried about yeah. you, bro. They ain't gonna be worried, but like, I don't know, less money paid. <laughs> you know, I, I i can't do jail prison nothing uh i would have to be in my own cell i'd have to do some crazy shit to get by myself <laughs> but uh 
Yeah, I mean, I think we've even had that conversation before. <laughs> you know, if you had to go yeah. to prison, you had to do some crazy shit. You can't be in a, in a cell with somebody. But I don't know, 10 years is a, a long time of messing literally everything. So uh, I can't do that. Well, just so you know, Evan chose jail, Drew chose jail, and Sean chose the coma. <laughs> that doesn't uh, surprise me. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of folks that have chose jail and they're flat out lying. <laughs> Just liars. I, I mean, I 100% could not do jail, but I'd, I'd have to go five over 10. Because technically, you know, if the sentence, or is the sentence five, you know what I mean? Or is it five? like four yeah years. what if about good behavior yeah i get you i feel you what i'm thinking right now i mean okay let's say you get out in four on good behavior i mean <laughs> it's, it's, i mean <laughs> but if you think about a coma in reality to you it's just like waking up. up bro you're so far behind in life bro like technology's different i know in jail it is obviously you don't get everything but you know there's gonna be like I don't know. There's going to be some new crazy shit that you, you're just going to be so far behind. You're still going to be rocking the same drip right now. That shit's going to be looking dusty in 10 years. Of course, Chad brought it around yeah. to the drip. I yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, oh, I thought our guest man. last week put it into perspective, man. Here's what, hey, I had a whole new outlook. I was, I was, you know, I didn't want to do jail either, but he said if you sat there for 10 years in a coma, your family would have to sit there and watch you for 10 years in a coma, and he wouldn't want to burden his family like that. Mm -hmm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, and I didn't like that answer because now everybody's going to go that route, and then I, I have to go, well, I guess I could see that. So. Nope, still going. <laughs> the question yeah. is, are you guys still all friends over money? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It looks like it. You could you could tell these three, man. They they're tight. They're tight. For sure. All right, guys. Anything y'all want to plug, promote, put over? Um, anything? No, man. Just want to thank you guys for the time again. You know, I always enjoy coming out here. Yeah, man. We we thank you guys, and obviously, you guys are more than welcome to come on at any point. Um, just reach out to Jim, and we'll, we'll get you in. But. You know, we, we definitely want you guys to have, you know, a little bit of a, a a holiday session and then, you know, we'll bring you back on maybe before the spring gets rolling and, and see what see what's cracking. For sure. All right. All right. Y'all follow Pavs on Instagram at Connor underscore Pav and at the Orioles. Follow Liam on Instagram at Liam.spence underscore or at the Cubs. And you can follow Chad on Instagram at Chad Dallas underscore or at the Blue Jays. Guys, we're going to take a break. We're going to plug our sponsors. When we come back, we got some headlines. Tattoos have become more of a normal part of society. And, you know, one of the things that's a common mistake that people do is they just go anywhere, you know, closest place, maybe whatever's convenient. And a lot of times they get a piece of art that stays on them forever that maybe they don't like so much. So let me help you and eliminate that problem. Go see Jeff Flea Watts. Easy Flea Tattoos. You can find him on Facebook or Instagram. And you can find him at 1731 Dancy Boulevard in Horn Lake. Number is 662-280-0763. Alright boys, so you know I've struggled with pain. You know I've struggled with weight loss. You know I've struggled with anxiety. And you know I've struggled with sleep. 
What if I told you there was a place that could help you with all of these things? True Life Dispensary, pain relief without narcotics, sleep, weight loss, anxiety relief. You can find this at 117 West Commerce Street in Hernando. Hours, Monday through Friday, 9 to 7, Saturday, 10 to 5. So check them out and get your life turned around. Welcome back to the In Off the Bench podcast. We got some headlines for you leading off. As always, we got our Major League Baseball playoffs. And Randy, I'll start with you, man. Let's let's talk Cardinals. They made made a wild card. They didn't win like we thought they were going to. They had a a, a, a tough go at it. I mean, they played well. Came down to really one hit, but. If you had to recap the Cardinals season, is it better than expected, below what you expected, or right where you thought it would be? Uh, uh, you know, underperform. I mean, that's the only way you can do it. When you know, I think that they finished the season well, so that tends to erase a lot of what they did wrong. But you know, ninety wins, squeaking in, not winning the division. Uh, you know. I, I, no, I don't think it was a, a success by any means, especially getting one game exit. I think that's below Cardinal standards for sure. And I think they got to do a couple things. Uh, and I don't mean major moves because I think that they have the talent there. I just think they have to better utilize it myself. So, Jim, what's your take on that? They finished where you thought they would ahead of where they where you thought they would or – uh, below well they clearly finished ahead of where I thought they would I wrote them off for dead um I was very impressed with the 17 game win streak like I told you I wouldn't even rested players I would have tried to get that 22 games under my belt and then kept that fire going against the uh the Dodgers but it all comes down to the the simple runners and scoring position I mean um the Cardinals have no one to blame but themselves uh Randy sent me a message the next day um you know, pointing out the – it had everybody who was in that 0 for 11 and Tyler O'Neill and Nolan Arenado were at the top of 0 for 3. Um, for a guy who was the hottest player in September and for a guy who's paid as much as he is uh, in a free agent contract that we picked up at third base with Arenado, um, those two guys specifically, they got to get it done and they didn't. And so um, we know we got the tools. We overachieved, I think, from where we were at. Um, but then again, we also seen the talent that we have and what we can do, but um, yeah, I mean, in that in that game, you got to get it done in those situations. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you you make some moves, you you add some some depth to the the pitching rotation out of necessity. Um, you fight back, you win seventeen in a row, you put yourself in a wild card. But um, if you think about what they had to do to even get the wild card, it was almost at the beginning of the season. The expectation was that shouldn't even have been the case. They should have been in uh, to begin with, but um, hopefully they, they got something to work on moving forward. Hopefully we got some playoffs uh, coming our way, maybe some divisional championships uh, as well. But Randy, you're, you're a money guy and you know, the, the payroll that the Yankees have, does does that extend to the coach as well, or is Aaron Boone going to be finding himself without a job come soon? You know, if Steinbrenner was still there, you know, the, the old George, I think he would definitely be out of a job. But, you know, and I think you could see it in his post game that, you know, he was disappointed in the way they finished. He knows the expectations in New York. He played there. 
Um, so I, honestly, if I had to make a bet on it, I, I think he's going to be back, but I think there's going to be some long, hard conversations and, and they're going to want some, you know, quantifiable things that he's going to do to, to, you know, make it better. Cause they underperformed as well with all the money they have and to be, you know, have to get in the way they did on a wild card. I mean, obviously the Rays were a really good team, but if you're the Yankees, your expectation is to win that division and be sitting in the divisional round waiting on a wild card team to come to you. Yeah. I'll ask you, Jump, is is does Aaron Boone get a pass because or does he give get more of a leash because he was a player and he did so much for the organization? Yeah, I mean, historically we've seen that. So I, I, I do think it tends to go that way. Um when you do things for the organization, um, you know, sometimes it doesn't, but I mean more times than not, they're appreciative. All right, so moving forward, taking a uh, just a, a look into where we're at currently in the playoffs. We've got in the American League, the Red Sox put away the Rays tonight. They won the series three games to one. They're awaiting the winner of the White Sox and Astros series. The Astros are up two games to one. They were supposed to play today, but there's uh, they got postponed, so I don't know uh, if they're – planning on playing at some point or it looks like tomorrow is the makeup date for that so uh, we'll, we'll get them playing tomorrow on the national league side the uh, giants and dodgers are tied up um, one game apiece they're playing right now it's the end of the fifth the giants are up one to nothing and then you got the braves up two games to one on the brewers you guys were, were big on the braves um I think I, I picked the Brewers, so the Braves are, are starting to do, you know, what, what you guys said they would, start pulling away. And so let, let's spend some time on this National League side, you know, especially with the, the Braves and the Brewers. And, Jim, I'll start with you. You're, you're a proponent every week of Austin Riley. Um, how big has he been in this series, and what do they need to do to, to, to win this last one? I mean, he hasn't been huge in this series. He did have a home run that that helped, you know, ice their first win. Um, but it, it's been a it's been a team effort. You got to start with the guy. And and I'm I was actually reading Twitter, you know, between uh, us talking to the to our guest and doing this segment. And there's a lot of Rays fans, you know, not to talk about the American League. They're they're watching what Charlie Morton is doing in Atlanta, and um, they're really upset. But you know, as Rays fans, they should know better, right? Like, y'all always get, you know, guys taken away from you. That's that's the norm. Um, they said they wish they still had Charlie Morton, wish they had found a way to pay him, but that's not their way, and you know that. And so with that, um, Charlie Morton, great. Freed has been great. So you, you're getting good – you're getting good pitching. Anderson did amazing today. Um, timely hitting, um, something that the Cardinals, you know, didn't have in their, in their game. Um, Jock Peterson, man, um, you know, Randy says he can't get down with Jock because he played for the Dodgers. I, ever since he had swagger in that one home run derby, I've always, I've always liked the guy a little bit. And he came in and, and pitched that home run, um, which ultimately won them the game. So it's been a collective team effort. And I, and I think, Daniel, the kind of guy you are, you know, you, you asked me about Austin. It's been multiple different guys in, in different games, um, everybody chipping in, whether it's been pitching or batting. And so um, ultimately that's what you want to see. You're not leaning on one or two guys, but everybody's doing something to help 
the team win. And being up 2-1, they're in a great spot because of the pitchers that they have um, in their arsenal. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a, a tough road. I mean, it, Atlanta's going to get another game at home. Um, and then they'll head back to Milwaukee if they can't get it done in game four. But, Randy, looking at the Dodgers and the Giants, it's series tied one-to-one. Um, are you still you still on that Dodger train? I am, but I got to go back to something on Jock Peterson. I, I wasn't on, but when he started running this pearl necklace out, dog, I got to tell you, <laughs> swag, the swag has crept in, and that is that's the only the guy comes off the bench, hits a three run bomb that wins in the game in in a game where hits were premium. But um, yeah, I th- I'm still on the Dodgers. I mean, the Giants are up right now, but I think the Dodgers. Um, you know, they got some injuries. Muncie, I think it's be you know, it's not talked about enough how much he means to the team. You know, Pujols uh playing first tonight and actually had their only hit for a while. They got another one now, but um, so I you know, that's a big that is a big drop off in production as much as we, you know, love Albert Pujols. But I, I just think that the Dodgers are gonna find a way to get this done. Uh, but you know, this is a crucial game. You know, they're I mean, they're in LA. This isn't obviously a must-win because it's not an elimination game. But if you got Scherzer on the bump and you're at home, you, you got to win. Yeah, I think this is a, a a pivotal game. If you lose, it, it puts a lot of a lot of pressure on you. But it, it's, I think it, it, a win here for the Giants does a ton for them as far as just taking the pressure off because they seem to me like they're just having fun. Nobody's predicting them to even beat the Dodgers so the pressure for them to win is 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 not as high as it is on the Dodgers so um yeah I've said it once I've said it before I'm I'm Giants all the way so um now that the Rays are out you know we I gotta I got at least another team to root for here so when that Braves Giants series ends up happening, because I even though I think the Dodgers win, but you seem so adamant, and I and I'm, I'm picking the Dodgers still with Randy. But if the Braves Giants series does in fact happen, man, it's gonna be me and Randy against you all week. Right. Give me Crawford. Give me Posey. Give me Belt. Give me Bryant. Uh, I'll take it. I'll but, take those guys. But I know you. I know you've been picking those guys, man. But you don't have the podcast in your best interest if you don't want Austin in the World Series, bro. I'm just saying. It ain't. It ain't about that. It's about staying. It is about. It's about that to me. It it ain't about that to me. So, what if he um, said he'd bring Freddie Freeman on if they won the World Series? Would you change your tune? No. You. I'm I'm loyal. (laughs) Hey, this man lies so hard, Randy. Loyal. I'm loyal to the Giants. Randy, I'll ask you that same question. If I said he said he was gonna bring Freddie Freeman on, they win the World Series. How you feeling, Jim? I got so much faith in you. I think you could get us Freddie Freeman. Oh, Thank you're you. such a damn liar. What, what was it you said earlier? A comforting lie or yeah. something? Yeah. I just know that, you know, I'm a little down. My, my, my boys just lost. And let me, let's just, I know we're on baseball right now, but you, I got it. My man, Lamar Jackson, got 500 yards of offense tonight, boys. 500 yards. Daniel, did he get you the win? No. Uh, oh, no, because damn, Jonathan Taylor, that sorry running back yeah. from the Colts got 33. Yeah, I mean, I I lost by thirteen, but it, it, I mean, it's it's okay. It is what it is. I I was able to win a couple, and I lost one, so I was, you know, 
two two and one on fantasy leagues this week, so it's not too bad. But um, I guess now's as good a time as any to, to talk Rays and transition to the American League. The Red Sox, uh, you know, basically, you know, they, they went out and, and won three in a row. Um, but when I start looking at a comparison of last year's raised team to this year's raised team. It's, it's really incredible that they were able to actually win the division and, and be in the situation that they are. Um, I'll ask you, Jim, of the starting pitchers last year in the World Series for the Rays, how many of them were in the rotation for the playoffs this year? Wasn't it just glass now? No, it was none of them. Glass now was hurt. Tyler or Snell is no longer on the team. Charlie Morton no longer on the team. And Yarbrough, who was lights out in the playoffs last year, uh, didn't even make the the tra- the the playoff roster. So, so, so how is it that people? Okay, because I didn't even know Glass now hurt. They're you know they're talking about Morton. I mean, y'all, if y'all didn't even have Glass now, and I, you know. I mean, of course y'all struggle. I mean, that, that's – I mean, you lost the other two guys, the free agency, like you said, Snell and Morton, and, and then Glass not injury. I mean, that's that's tough to be able to win come this this time of year with those kind of arms gone. Well, and, and the thing is, is it's tough to win a shorter series when your your approach to winning games is, you know, pitchers pitching – no more than about four innings unless you're a starter. The Red Sox have, you know, five quality starters that'll go out there and they'll eat up, you know, five, six innings every every game. And when you don't have that and your approach is different, that short series, it, it, it really hurts you because in a shorter series, if your pitch is, is good, like you, you're going to have more quality going out there. Um, well, let me ask situational. you, let me ask you, Daniel, we had a conversation earlier and we're going to bring Randy in, um, you know, Shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but you know, you you told me about the sequence that happened in Game Three that uh, I didn't get to see, and if that goes the way that you we feel like it shoulda, like you know, that he would have scored. Um, I mean, do you feel like everything just would have changed because they would have got that game momentum would have swung? Maybe you know, not obviously we'd be going to Game Five at worst, but I mean, do you feel like? that play is is a defining moment and then after that i want you to ask randy you know his thoughts on that whole sequence um so normally i would say yes but in this case i'm gonna say no you're playing in boston it's a hot hot crowd it's a baseball town like you know a loss last night probably only fuels it tonight um the problem is, is, is there's two things. You can't give up five runs and then decide you want to come back and tie the game up and, and, and do something. Also, how many in, in game two and in game three, so take tonight's game out of the equation, but it was a lot of the same, of, of all of the outs, so there's you know 54 outs in two games of baseball, how many of those outs were strikeouts, would you say, Jim? 
Give me the number. How many? How many were outs were there? Fifty-four outs. How many of those outs were strikeouts? Thirty. Yep, it was thirty-one. Over, you know, over half the outs were strikeouts, and you know that's that's what I was talking about when it comes down to quality pitching in a short series. If you're striking out a lot, like you're not. The pitch counts are typically lower. Those guys are staying in the game a little bit longer. So, I mean, that that's really what it, what it came down to is is hits with runners on base and not striking out with runners on base. With that's the name of the game, and that's something that the Rays were actually decent at during the year and, and struggled with in the playoffs. But, um, Randy, you know, I'll get your take on this. I don't know. Last night's game, game three. I don't know if you had a chance to watch the Rays and the Red Sox game three yep. last night. Um, but the, the play in question was, you know, Kiermaier hit the ball, uh, hits off the wall that hits the player, bounces off the player, and then goes over the wall. Um, runner on first, full count, two outs, has taken off on the pitch. He's hit second and halfway to third before the ball even hits the wall. Um, because of the ruling, they get a ground rule double. Kiermaier gets second, and regardless of the guy going on the pitch, he gets two bases, so he stops at third, and then the next guy strikes out. So, um, And if that run scores, they, they, they take the lead there. Obviously, a lot of things are, are in question. Well, who's the next guy at bat? What does he do um, with a, a different situation and then you know lastly the red sox hit a two-run home run to win the game the in the bottom of the inning does that still happen so i i don't i don't know but you know jim was talking about momentum swinging on something like that you know would would you think a that that play like cost the raise and was it momentum even a factor when you're turning around the next night playing in Boston again? Well, I think we just had the baseball guys on to tell you that they just, you know, it's a mental mindset. Every day is a new day. So just talking about the play specifically, I hate the ground rule double. I hate that rule that you can only get to. It's unfortunate for the Rays, but, it, you know, it is a rule. But yeah, I'm glad that you brought it up. Vasquez hitting the two-run home run just means that the Rays would have lost 6-5 to five instead of 6-4. to four. So, I mean, there's just so many what-ifs. You can't just say, well, if they would have hit this, they, this would have happened because then the next inning, you, you know, you didn't lose the game on that, so you still had a chance to win it, and, you know, you give up a two-run bomb, and it is what it is. And then, you know, tonight is another one. It's just a series of lost opportunities for the Rays because tonight they're down big. They come back and tie the game only to give up, you know, a walk-off hit. So I, I think the Rays squandered a lot of opportunities and left a lot. And, and let's, let's be real, the Red Sox had 12 hits tonight. I mean – you know, you can't give up that many hits. I mean, I know the race had seven, which should win you a game. I mean, I, I just think that the Red Sox in this series, they were just a little better. They were a little bit more opportunistic. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, but I got to ask you on that play. Um, and I, I, it's funny, Randy, I related it to Daniel and slow pitch softball because uh, it's, it's the time where I see it more than I, ha I happen to see it in, you know, pro baseball where a guy goes to catch it and ends up going off their glove and going over the fence. It's a home run, right? Obviously, it hits the wall first, but I feel like if a if a player helps it over, they should just be penalized for it. it. Should be a damn home run. Like 
Do you not kind of agree with that? Well, actually, because we played in a lot of tournaments that if the if you catch the ball over the fence and it goes over, it's not a home run. It's a four-run error so you so that you get to keep the home runs. But in baseball, it's a little bit different. I mean, I think that if we had seen the, the Red Sox player intentionally do something, that would be different. But, I mean, it bounced off the wall, kind of came off of his shoulder, and he dives for the ball as it's going over the fence. So he didn't want that to happen either. Maybe it was just – I don't know. It's unfortunate for the Rays, but I don't think you can point to that one play and say, well, if they get that, they win the series. Cause yeah, no, I just wanted to know if you thought like that should even be a ground rule double. Like I almost feel like I understand he didn't do it on purpose, but I almost feel like, you know, it is what it is. It's unfortunate for them. It shouldn't be unfortunate for the Rays uh, is what I think. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, though, the run scores and you still give up a two run home run. I mean, does it, does it even matter? You know, I guess you could play the what if game all night long. Yeah. So we, we look at the last series in the American League. You got the Astros up two games on the White Sox. Jeff. Cheaters. I mean, I, I, I sent you guys a, a funny I – mean, it's not funny. It's on ESPN, but it, it was, you know, hinting at some cheatery going on um, on the Astros. And I think that's the, the easy, like, jab for anybody. Um, but uh, do the Astros – Take care of business against the White Sox. Yes. No. Yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, uh, what what's what sucks is, I think the Astros are a better team than the White Sox, and I think they're a better team than the Red Sox. So, like, are are we are we looking? Are we looking at the Astros going to the World Series? I mean, I think that it's highly likely. I mean, I don't think obviously now the Red Sox talking about momentum. I mean, they have momentum. You, they beat their rival in the Yankees, and then they come now and they beat the Rays. You know, in three to one. I mean, they they got a lot of momentum going. But if I had to put money on it, I'm still taking the Astros. Yeah, I mean, if the Astros advance past the White Sox, I would definitely take them with the Red Sox. But I'm not putting them past the White Sox. So there it is. You know, you know how difficult it would be to know that the Red Sox and the Astros are playing each other to go to the World Series. Like that would just be infuriating. So um I'm I'm all in on the White Sox, even though I think the Astros are a better team and I think they will win, but I'll be rooting for the White Sox all the way. Cause I just I So you I want a white you want a White Sox Giants World Series. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take that all day. Give me that. Give me all of that. All right, guys. Let's uh let's move away from from baseball. Let's get into college football. And it was a uh, it was a kind of a weak weak performance on the week for all of us uh, when it comes to picks. Uh, we I'll were like guys, we were like the defenses of Arkansas and Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean here <laughs> here's 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 the way it broke down. So going into the week, Jim had seven points. He ended up pushing on Penn State, Iowa. He pushed on, or he, he pushed on uh, Michigan, Nebraska, and then um, got Coastal. So Coastal won big. I think the, the spread was 19. Ended up getting three points. So you got your three points for this week, your seven from last week. Yeah. Gives you a You're going to get one to hit the money ball. That's right, baby. Randy had Penn State, um, didn't get anything 
for that. He had Memphis, didn't get anything for that. And then he had Alabama and didn't get anything for that. So he went into the week with 14 points, and he's leaving the week with 14 points. You're still beating um, me, bro. That's consistency pays. Yeah, <laughs> hey, do what, do what you That means can. you got a big big week Nick, coming next week because you seem to be an every-other-week guy, so you're good. I um I took Iowa, but um it was a, a three point spread. It was a push, so nothing for that. Um, I took Wake Forest, who who did end up win. They they won, but not. It was a six and a half point spread that that didn't happen. So I didn't get any points for that. But I took Georgia uh, fourteen and a half um, over Auburn, and that did happen. So I ended up getting three points. So. Going into last week, I had 15. I got three points for the Georgia win. Uh, so I have a total of 18 points. So right now, the standings are me in first with 18, Randy in second with 14, and Jim in third with 10. Um, anything could happen. But looking at this week's games, there, there's uh, a lot, you know, before, I, I guess, I guess I need to rephrase it, looking at last week's games. Uh, Cincinnati, you know, doing what they need to do slowly. And I'll ask you this, Randy, is Cincinnati, are they as good as their newest ranking or they're just getting lucky that these SEC teams are losing because they're having to play one another? Uh, man, so they're beating who's in front of them. Do I think that they are one of the top four best teams in the country i i don't but i mean they're doing what they got to do when they when they had the opportunity to go on the road to notre dame they they did their thing so i, I hope they're in there i really do and i think they're really really good and i'd love to see them matched up against you know a georgia or somebody like that yeah well you said a georgia i was gonna, actually because i wanted them to have a fair shot if you were to go the base of the way georgia's playing now I was thinking they, they might get lucky if it was to stay and fail the way it did. They would avoid Georgia and Alabama and be in that 2-3 game with a Penn State. Penn State? I mean, Iowa. 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 You yeah, know yeah, what yeah. I mean. You know what I mean. But anyway, because, I mean, not to say that Iowa wouldn't beat the brakes off of them too possibly, um, but you you didn't want to see them. It would have been – we've been wanting a non-Power 5 team to get their shot. You didn't want it to be against Georgia or Alabama. That's a fact. They get their if they got their ass whooped, then they would give all the justification and never do it again. Yeah, so looking at that, Cincinnati and Iowa, the outliers in that group, do they belong in that group, Jim? Iowa has done everything to prove it. And Cincinnati, to Randy's point, I mean, they they have won they've won both top 25 matchups, but specifically they went into Notre Dame and won and you know, if people are going to give Notre Dame all the love all the time, then give the team that knocks them off the love, too. So um, both teams have done what they're supposed to do. Iowa still got some tough games coming up where Cincinnati doesn't. So Iowa will have a chance to prove themselves. I have no beef with Iowa, would have no reason to have a beef with Iowa. So, like, I hope they keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, and you look at Oklahoma, who, I mean, I don't know how good Oklahoma is, but 25 points in the fourth quarter, Texas just had a like a meltdown. 35 Randy, points in the third and in the second half alone, they're 10. Like Daniel, I gotta ask Randy a question about the since we brought Oklahoma Texas up. When I looked at all the NIL deals and we discussed it and we discussed the list and the projections, 
the number one NIL guy isn't even playing. What are your thoughts? I mean, I think somebody's going to be looking for a refund because uh, <laughs> my, my boy went from a Heisman candidate to, you know, in the transfer portal here before too long. You got Ohio State 5-1. and one. Michigan, look at them boys. House and them. I mean, I, I, a three-point win over a, a terrible Nebraska team, I, I don't know how I feel about that. BYU shot down the drain by Boise State. Michigan State, 6-0, and oh, slowly just doing what, they, what they're supposed to be doing. Ole Miss beating up um, – not really beaten up, but just throwing points on the board, man, against Arkansas. We got to uh, talk about Sam Pittman and the set of stones that guy's got. I mean, what do you – You have to. What do you – what do you – what what's the right call there? That Go is, for it. That is, that is the right call, yeah. He, You know, a lot, I saw somebody on Twitter saying that he showed his team he didn't believe in him. I, I think the opposite. I think that he showed his team, I believe in you so much. Let's go win this thing right now, right here, and walk out of here with winners. I, and that's the winner's mentality. I saw five different Arkansas fans say he made the right move on Facebook. They said he called the wrong play. They said Jefferson should have been taken off with it. Well, you know, everybody's, you know, obviously a Monday morning quarterback, but I think that's what Sam Pittman has done for the culture of that program and, and further entrenching it by going for it on the road in a hostile environment, just for that solidifies it. He's the guy. He's their guy. You you know what this game told me, Randy? It told me that LSU's going to get fucking run rough shot by both of them because our it told me sucks. that Tennessee's about to put up a sixty spot on them Rebels. <laughs> is Randy is Kentucky that good? Um, they are really, really good. But. T- Tell me my comparison of the quarterback that I re- I referenced Will to wasn't legit. I mean, I mean, I know you want me to say that, but I don't think they resemble. I mean, like, like maybe looks, but not. He's the way they not. Play. No, not look. He doesn't even throw that much. He just runs folks over. Yeah, I mean, he. Yeah, he's. I mean, he can. I think that's what quarterback doesn't these days, though. I mean, they're all running the ball. I just watched. But his, what, his isn't about jukes like Lamar Jackson. His is about like Taysom. Taysom just be trying to look for contact. That's why I like. I guess he likes doing his videos showing his muscles because that boy freaking trained. I give. I gave him his due afterward. I mean, it is what it is. But LSU's a bad team, so I mean, you take it for what it's worth. But Kentucky, they've beaten everybody that's in front of them. But like I asked the guys earlier, hopefully Tennessee will take care of business. And then there's that meme going around of. uh the Georgia Kentucky one, and it's got the dude from Kentucky with the bullet and the fanny pack, and then it's got the Georgia dude in the suit. And <laughs> welcome, hey. welcome. All right. Speaking of Georgia and Kentucky, is that that's that's the game of the week, right? Look at that spread, Jesus. I mean, is, is that the game of the week? Gotta uh, be right, Randy. The only, we had this the only discussion other before. Up. Can a game of the week have that big a spread? You know, oh man, golly! I mean, I guess it has to be because that's like a premier, like that's the you know that's for the SEC East right now. I mean, but man, that's that is really tough. Well, the next ranked, yeah, I'm not doing that game. Let's go to yeah, let's go with the one. Let's go with that one. Then. Yeah, you got to go. But I mean, and 23 and a half, that is a humongous. Yeah, line. yeah. You, I'm, any anybody willing to 
willing to take Georgia? No, I'm taking Kentucky. At Hell line. yeah, I'm taking Georgia. No, not with that line. I, I think Georgia's going to win, but I mean, I guess him easily winning by 21. I'll take 23 and a half all day. They will. Hey, will Will's going to find out about defense, though, Randy. He might he he might be feeling some some serious pain this week. He so might. Jim, you're you're taking Kentucky just on points. I don't think they have a chance in hell of winning. To be clear, I just want to be clear on that. Randy, you're taking Georgia. Uh, like, is this like an official pick? Yeah. Oh man, oh, so so we're okay. Uh, can twenty three. The good news is this isn't your three point game. It's only one. It's the game of the week. So, so. give me Georgia. In a blowout, just because Kentucky sucks. I don't care how good they are. <laughs> I mean, if if you're picking Georgia, it's got to be a blowout. I mean, shoot. You know what? I I want to root against Georgia, so give me Kentucky. I don't. But we're all on the agreement train that Kentucky doesn't have a chance in hell at winning this game, right? Yeah, I don't. Man, I don't, I don't even like my pick, but I'm going to stick with it. I don't, you gotta I stay don't think separate to gonna... gain ground, bro. I don't. You're uh, the one that needs to gain ground. Yeah. I was talking about. I'm, I'm only a few I was talking about. Dan, I was talking about to gain, need, gain on Daniel, not me. I need the DB to pick. Yeah, you're right. We need to pick against each other. DB, pick something else. All right, you want me to pick one? I'm yeah. going straight up here. I'll show you where I'm going. Hold on, right I'm here. in last place. I get to pick first. Damn it! All right, go ahead and pick. What you got? All right, so it's a small spread. Yep. Scroll for me, man. My phone's having bad service right now. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Michigan State over Indiana. Not a bad one. Texas, Oklahoma State. Oh, the Arkansas Auburn has to be just too high, huh? Is it three points or less? No, seven, seven points or less. You can take that. It says less than a point. Yeah, give me Arkansas over Auburn. Arkansas. You're taking Arkansas, and they are. And with that, with that pick, Randy, do you think that what happened at Ole Miss takes something out of them, or you think they can continue to play well? I think that they're going to run the ball all over Auburn. Okay. I didn't know. I mean, a game like that, you give everything on the line, two-point conversion. You don't know if they fold them afterward or if they keep continue to, to grow. I mean, if this if it was in Auburn, I would agree, but I just think going back home, they're going to get that emotional high, you know? Gotcha. Randy, here you go, man. It's it's right there for the take. <laughs> you got to. Stand by it. Nah, I, don't, I told you all a few weeks ago I'm not taking Tennessee no more. I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. They're uh, underdogs by five and a half. I'm uh, taking them over Texas. I'm so I disappointed. Was, I'm a man. I'm 40. I was going to um, take them. Gundy. I'm going to go with them. But. Well, then you go ahead. Take them Tennessee Vols in that three. Is it three or three and a half now? I think it's three. Man. Yeah, three. I can't, I can't believe you, Randy. Stand by your team, bro. Oh, I think they're going to win. I'm just not – I'm not picking that. I, I'm I, ready. I made the rule. Hey, or is it still snake style? Uh, yeah. I really wish I wouldn't have took the first pick then because I know Randy's going to take my big game, and I'm mad because he did it last week too. 
And if he doesn't, I don't know him at all because that's he's got it's gotta be. All right, who am I gonna take? So much I pressure. Have... I can go Michigan State. I Michigan State's go... burned you once already. I can go take Tennessee, Daniel. Baylor. Oh, that's where he's going. I would have thought he was going to go Boston College, man. I really would have. That's trying to make me pick some bullshit. Let's <laughs> see, y'all. Um, hmm. Got to pick one of them, right? Let's see what? Give me... Give me BYU. Mm. Mm. I like it because I, I think I'm they're going to lose. I'm going back. Yeah, I like it for the same. Re- I like it for the same reason Randy does. Let's go. Hey, they're they're getting sick. Hey, scroll up, Daniel, and get they, off that, they, that screen. They scroll. lost. I need Randy to not look at that for too long. Oh, DB's about to pick that. That I know one of y'all's gonna pick it. I want it so bad and I need it because all the message boards, these folks, I might as well just say it. These folks talking about we beat AM and AM beat Bama, so we ready for Bama. Boy, y'all <laughs> drinking some serious Kool-Aid. Crazy. That's definitely that's DB's pick for sure. Surely. Yeah, I, I might go this one. That ain't no big line, cuz. Should be. Can you For who? Can you imagine A&M. all the streaks that were broke against Saban? Previous coordinators, unranked teams. Dude, I feel bad for any team, no matter who it would be, that had to play Bama this week, period. It's going to be fucking disastrous. Yeah, I wouldn't even be- show up to the game in Starkville if I was a Mississippi State fan. Yeah, give me Bama. I'm taking them. Coming off what? a loss, they're gonna be mad. See, I hate that we picked the game of the week with that big ass spread because I would have picked that. So what's the how what's the point? Ten or fourteen? What is it? More, More than, than seven. More than seven. Man, you really, of course. And I absolutely will not, no matter what, pick the Gators. Oh, give me A and M over Missouri. Uh, yeah, that, give me that's easy. Missouri sucks. There you go. A and M. and M is given eight and a half. All right, Jim, who are you taking? Florida. Oh no, you didn't. I could. I wanted to pick it, but I can't. I just can't. I can't. I can't Bro, muster the words. Kayshawn said he's not playing now. Like, I know, but I, just, I don't. I, I don't even know what LSU has to throw at them. Hopefully, Florida's got the shoe to throw and help them out like last year. Because uh, I, I actually wanted to go to that game this year, like I always do. I wouldn't go anywhere near it because I'd go home sad. 
I mean, would you? You've you've been saying it yourself that. Yeah, no, I want them to lose out so they can get a new coach. I, but I mean, I still don't. To Randy's point, and the reason why he didn't want to pick Florida, I don't want to lose Florida. I'm only picking Florida because I'm trying to take lock picks and gain ground, and I feel like that's the most lock pick out there. LSU's bad, bro. Yeah, they're not good. I mean, if, Randy, do they win an SEC game the rest of the way out? It's Arkansas, uh, Ole Miss, Alabama. Um, uh, Florida and AM. A new. That's what I think as well. Does O even make it to the end? I think he does because, you know, he's going to get that national championship a couple years. Then you went through the COVID season. I, I think he's going to get, they'll, they'll let him finish it out, surely. I wouldn't know. Fire his ass right now. Daniel, does he make it to the end? Yeah, what what good at this point does it do? They're not going to be able to hire anybody, and I I don't think there's anybody on staff that I don't you think can, they're going to go step that in. route. Yeah. So, I, I so let me ask one question, and I get too far off topic, and and I ask this to either of y'all that want to answer. Um, they've they've shown the candidates. I don't even want to get into all the candidates. I just want to ask about one specifically. They asked what would be advantageous about Joe Brady leaving the NFL to come to college. Do you think there's something more prestigious to being a head coach of a college football program uh, with, you know, the glamour and the recruits that LSU has over an offensive coordinator in the NFL? I think that it's about what you want out of your life because the grind is different. In college, it's a, it's a year-round job. You're recruiting all the time. And in the NFL, not to say they don't work hard, but they do have an offseason. They don't have to recruit. You get who you get and you coach. Like, you don't have to do all that recruiting and all that stuff. It's, I do think, you think it's the success you of Carolina also plays a role in if that happens. So, like, right now, um, you know, they're, they're in contention, but let's say Carolina just completely fell off. Do you think that would play a role in it? No, it could. I, I just think it's lifestyle, man. I think, I don't know what Joe Brady, I don't know him as a person, but I think if he, if his if he wants to have that offseason to get away and he doesn't want to spend his time on the road recruiting, he'll stay in the NFL. I mean, he's obviously a young, bright mind, and he's got a bright future no matter where he goes. Yes. Does he want to be a head NFL coach or does he want to be a head college coach? To me, he wants to be a head NFL coach because if he wanted to be a head college coach, that could have already happened. Got you. Just the, other, the other name that's floating, like I said, I don't even want to get into it because we could take forever, but – I had four different Ole Miss fans at my son's baseball game tonight tell me they're scared to death that Lane Kiffin will go to LSU. I mean, I think that's natural, but I I, I don't know. LSU really hasn't done that. They haven't gone after the hot shot new guy, right? They, I mean, they went, obviously, saving <laughs> miles to Coach O. I don't think that they really get into that game because you're going to recruit there. You're going to get talent. You're going to – play the LSU way. I don't I just I don't let me let me ask you this, Jim. Would would somebody like Mike Gundy I'm not saying him, but I'm just saying somebody Big Twelve coach coming to SEC, is that a step up for him? And I know he could have had the Tennessee job if he wanted it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's twice. It, it, yeah, it's a it's a step up for him, but 
And I know this wasn't how what you were asking, but I don't think that's I don't think that's the fit for them. But they do they do need since you brought up Big Twelve. I mean the thing the thing is LSU needs somebody who can who can coach offense. Period. John Gruden. Yes, bring him and all his issues. <laughs> seems seems about right. No, um, we got our picks in. It's it's another good slate of games. A couple wild ones and a couple that you know hell we'll see what happens but let's uh transition let's Hold talk on, hey, actually i got a question go back real quick go back to those things i i want to propose something because we were talking about the iowa cincinnati thing and we've talked about the cincinnati thing so much guys if if alabama was to beat let's say alabama and georgia went unbeaten the rest of the way and then alabama beat georgia in the ssd championship isn't cincinnati getting kicked out um I don't think so because Oklahoma is going to lose a game. Well, no, Oklahoma, yeah, but Oklahoma, Oklahoma was in. I know Oklahoma is not the issue. Four. Or okay, okay, I'm looking at it wrong. Yeah, you're right. Okay, never mind. Ignore my question. I was I was thinking that they would be left out when Alabama jumped in. You're correct. You're correct. If to to your point though, if Alabama beats Georgia in the title game, Georgia and Alabama are both in. Somebody's getting kicked out. Right. And then the seeding would be all mixed up. And then I think Cincinnati would end up playing one of those two teams, which I said they needed to avoid. And I don't know the way this breaks down. Maybe DB does. If Will Ohio State – and are they on the same side or are they on different sides? No, they're not uh, in the big – yeah. No, I, yeah, think it's yeah. The, I think it's – It's Iowa. Yeah, I get yeah. what you're saying. I mean, you, you, you're looking at, like, Iowa could lose potentially to – Ohio State or Michigan State or Michigan. Like that, like, I mean, hell, they could even end up playing Penn State in a wild worst case scenario. But if you look at those teams that they got to play still and then the possible Big 12 championship, I think they could take a loss. And if they win all those other ranked games, they would stay up there. Click on Iowa. Let's look at their schedule real quick before we move on. Cause I mean, that, that, Purdue, Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean they're okay, not so playing. They don't play anybody on until, the other side. Okay. Yeah, so they don't have until the title game where they're gonna. I, I'm just saying historically they're gonna play Ohio State, and that is Ohio State does not lose in a Big Ten championship game. So if Ohio State was to run the table from where they're at and beat them, they would find themselves in it like they always do. Exactly, and if Alabama does the same thing, Cincinnati's out. So you'll have poor Cincinnati. <laughs> poor Cincinnati. All right, we can move to NFL. I was just curious. All right, NFL. All right, looking back at last week. So, going into this week of games, um, Jim, you were 15 and 8. Randy, you were 9 and 14. And I was 12 and 11. Um, this week, Jim, you went 6 and 0. Oh. Six and zero, bro. You got Cincinnati, you got the Rams, you got the Chargers, you got Buffalo, you got the Cowboys, and you got the Bucks. Got them all right. And what's funny is I picked the Chargers just because I don't want Randy to get that point on me. <laughs> oh, hey, it it worked out for you, Randy. You you picked the Packers and lost that game. You picked the Seahawks and lost that game. You picked the Browns and lost that game. You picked the Chiefs and lost that game. You did pick the Cowboys and the Bucks and won both of those. So right on. You got two, two, two and four this week. Um, I 
picked Packers and lost. I picked the Rams, got a win. Picked the Chargers, got a win. I picked the Chiefs and lost. And I picked the Cowboys and the Bucks and got wins. Um, I went four and two. So, Jim, your total, 21 and eight. You're leading, leading NFL 21 and eight. I'm in second, 16 and 13. And Randy, you are in third, 11 and 18. But as we all know, one one week could could make or break anything or get you right back in. So, Daniel, let's talk about what we really learned that's valuable. I did a six-leg parlay and got five out of six. I should have used the six games we chose, and damn it, we'd have some more money. And y'all baited me in this Chargers game because y'all knew I wanted them, and I just had to pick opposite to gain ground, you some bitches. I mean, I'm never picking against Justin Herbert again. I can't believe you did. I, I I had to. I'm trying to pick up ground. I mean, you you took you took his thing out of your mouth long enough to pick the other team. Huh? <laughs> well, it's back in there, and it's lodged deep, son. Oh, I'm, I'm shocked. But uh, let's let's get into it, man. Let's let's look at this week's game. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll last place goes first, right? That's right, baby. Are we not going to uh, recap the any of our games first? All right, you want to you want to recap, bro? Yeah, because the Saints no, are because bipolar. he went because he went six and zero. He wants to recap. No, week. no, yeah. I want to recap because the Saints are bipolar. They they look great one week and look bad the next. So I need to take them while they they look good. They look said, they look good against me. really bad. Well, that's not even true. They just Randy, they Randy, 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 Randy. I'm I'm going to caution you on something. Don't say anything bad about the Saints because four touchdowns were scored by two different Tennessee players. Oh, I, I know, I know. It's it's it's. I seen it, man. It wasn't right, for them so, Tennessee Vols, man. Y'all wouldn't have no offense. That's right. So let's let's look at it. Rams Thursday night. They beat the Seahawks. I think that was as expected. They had a slow start, but second half they picked it up, put some points on the board. Robert Woods had a had a pretty good game. Uh, Matt Stafford a couple touchdowns, doing his thing. Uh, Bucks dismantling the Dolphins as expected Cowboys. Hey, hey, real quick before you move too too far, is the are the Seahawks with that division and with the the way the NFC's kind of stacked up with Wilson being out today. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you. They're they're screwed. Hey, and guess what? That's New Orleans next game. Thank God. So knowing knowing that DK Metcalf came off his best game of the season, is it time to 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 trade him on the fantasy league? knowing that the next few weeks may or no he... i think they're gonna force feed that guy the ball absolutely because Gina, that's who gino went to first but the other reason i wouldn't is because if they can some somehow hang around by the time fantasy playoffs would be around russell wilson will be back and so you want to have dk Metcalf. true and boys and boys put it on the giants and the the poor giants i mean they might as well be playing the the flag football team. They just need around. to play the Saints. I mean, it's it's rough. <laughs> Falcons uh, beat the Jets in, in a sold-out crowd in London, man. I, who would have thought? Uh, Packers and Bengals, it was who wanted to lose the least because kickers couldn't make field goals. Uh, Mason Crosby, who going into his three misses, um, he hit like 25 he had hit 25 in a row, so then went on a, a 0 for 3 slot before he ends up hitting one in overtime to win the game. Joe Burrow had a, a pick late in the game, which was could have been disastrous, but they they were able to to fight through that. 
Vikings beat the Lions, and you know, Dan Dan Motor City Campbell cries in his press conference, telling him he's just you know tough to see the guys put everything out there and play so hard and come up short every week. Rain, oh, Randy, I gotta... on that Vikings, I need to hear you say it again. Except you text it. Tell me, Justin Jefferson ain't a top five wide receiver. Oh, he, yeah, he's he's probably yeah, he's right there. He's top five. If I mean, like I said, if he's not five, he's I mean, he's six at the very worst. Got gunslinging Kirk Cousins back there, man. He's just Does anybody get more hyped over beating bad teams than Kirk Cousins? <laughs> oh yeah, he, he he's getting he's getting lit. Do they have any chance of making a, a wild card in the playoffs? They're not good. <laughs> I mean, they do have Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson along with Kirk Cousins. It's not like he ain't got weapons. I know, but you just I've watched them. They just find a way to lose against i mean in the lot i mean god the lions just find every way to lose that that's the truth right there and broncos look look bad i don't i don't know if the steelers are just they're bipolar like the same yeah it's it's that was a tough game to even try to wrap my head around saints and, and the the washington football team you should um, want this segment because I got to give Jameis Winston his due. He threw a pick on the second pass of the game, and I immediately wanted his ass yanked, and then he went off. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get many texts about Taysom Hill taking his shirt off and doing crazy stuff and sweat emojis and stuff like that. So it must have been a pretty good game for Jameis. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at the weapons he's doing it with, obviously he's got Kamara, but I mean, Randy's big on Callaway and knows his potential, but when you take it outside of Tennessee or Saints fans, nobody who knows it is. And then Deontay Harris absolutely tearing it up, which, Randy, I got to ask you a question, man. I'm so confused about something. So they put Kamara back on punt return because of the work Harris had been putting in at receiver. And I think part of that is because the receiving core is so thin at this point, they can't afford any injury. But you can't afford Kamara to get injured either. So how did that make sense? I couldn't. I would never have Kamara return and play. He's great. He's electric. But in the NFL, it's just rare unless you're Devin Hester that you're going to return it. Did you hear his press conference response in regards to it? Nah. He told them they don't pay him enough to do both. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah. Take it while you can. Uh, Eagles beat the Panthers. Um, now I'm confused on the Panthers. You know, I no Christian maybe McCaffrey I'm, though. He, Maybe I, after I watched him against Eagles. the Saints, after I watched him against the Saints, Christian McCaffrey just proved his value. Really, really did. Well, I mean, I didn't think the Eagles are that great when they played the Cowboys, and I thought the Panthers were a much better team than the Eagles based on how they both played Dallas. But apparently, the Eagles have something going for them. Uh, King Henry doing his thing. Titans. Win big on against the Jaguars as expected. The Patriots have to struggle through, but eventually come through with the W against the Texans. The Bears. Is this is this the Justin Fields coming into his own, or is the Raiders just with I everything think, that's going I think this on? This needs a Denny Green press conference saying talking about the Raiders. They are who we thought they were. Yeah, and, I mean, it, and Justin Fields still wasn't good. No. <laughs> But the the Raiders gave man they gave us a false sense of belief at that three and zero. Oh, yeah. don't talk about the next game. Skip over it. 
I mean, we got to talk about it. Chargers, Browns. I mean, there's there's a lot of points out there. 89 points. Justin Herbert just throwing. Baker Mayfield was finally efficient and actually threw the ball. Even though Chubb still went off, he finally had an excellent game and still got outplayed. Well, (sighs) yes, he did. Let's Where, talk about I mean, it for a second. Yeah, right? yeah. Let, let's, let's. I'm sure. I'm sure Randy doesn't even have to look up stat line. It's probably ingrained in his head. Oh, you he know, knows. He knows. He, I was really kind of upset that he didn't. He, two more yards would have got him 400. You know, to have 400 yards with four touchdowns, including the game winner. I mean, that would have really meant something, guys. I mean, you know, Jim, big believer in the Browns, and you know, it's like LSU North and all that. But he ran up against a future Hall of Famer. So I mean, it's tough. It's tough sledding, man. Who's the who's the head coach for the Chargers? And I'm asking for a reason, not trying to test you. Oh man, I can't. Uh, he just got there last year. Well, he's got the stones because Daniel will tell you I was texting in this game. I was avoiding you on purpose. Um, <laughs> I would have to. Did those dudes? He's- those dudes. But the coach went for so many fourth downs in that game, and we ain't talking about fourth and ones and fourth and twos. We talking about fourth and sevens, fourth and nines, and they got every single one of them. Now, a couple of them were uh, they got a defensive holding and a defensive pass interference. But the one that killed me was I was like, "Cool, man, finally." Um, Brandon Staley. Yeah, uh, I was like, "Finally, Herbert and Williams ain't gonna score on me on this drive." And they went for a fourth and seven on the twenty-two, and I, instead of kicking the field goal, and then they got it, and then Herbert runs in a touchdown, and I'm like, "This son of a bitch." Let, let me tell you this, Randy. Jim wished every STD in the book on <laughs> on uh, Justin Herbert. Because I said, like they say, you don't wish injuries upon somebody. I don't know if that qualifies as an injury, so I went with, I went that route. All I so, know is that you guys, you guys, you chuckled at me. You chuckled at me when I said Justin Herbert was one of the best quarterbacks in the league, man. No, no, well, no, 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 no. That's that, that's false. We didn't we said chuckle Dak at that. Better. Yes, that's what we chuckled at. Okay. Well, yeah, uh, I now, stand, you, now, now if, you, if you start watching NFL Countdown now, weeks into this, now you're hearing the same thing from all those guys. And they're still saying the same things about Dak. Uh, I, no, uh, no, there was that's the difference between me and, and especially Jim. I'm not besmirching Dak by saying Justin Herbert's better. He just is better. All right. All I want to know is what's the I'm not what's the what's the Chargers boy, record? What's, what's the Chargers record? Four and one. What's the Cowboys record? Four and one. And who and beat who? Who? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, okay. Okay. The Cowboys won the game, so that automatically means Dak's a better quarterback because his team won the he game. He led them to victory. Okay. Hey. <laughs> Here, here, here's what you can you can tell your boy Justin when he's cleared up with all these STDs that was wished upon him. Tell him to lead his team into the Super Bowl, and I'll tell Dak the same thing, minus the STD part, and then we'll see who's the best. All, all I know is since we've kind of went off the rails, R-rated. You know, Randy said it was you know all in his mouth, and I wish STD. So take that for what it's worth. All right, let's finish this week up. Cardinals, <laughs> car, uh, uh, enough of the, the mouth and the STD talk. Uh, Cardinals. I'll delete, I'll delete that out. 
Cardinals improved to five and zero over the 49ers. Um, Bills, man, they uh, Jim and Jim and I talked about this. Randy, have the Bills moved into that highest tier of teams in the league with that win? Absolutely, because I mean that they're legit. I mean their defense is opportunistic, and they have an MVP caliber quarterback. Damn, I feel like I, I said the exact same. Damn, I'm sure Randy. that I'm sure that he, Dak's better, but Josh Allen's pretty good. No, I, actually, you said the exact words that I, I said the opportunistic defense, and then I talked about Josh Allen, and 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 I said, you know, that dude was slinging the ball over the field, and then he goes and hurdles homeboy, right? Like. And it's like, you know, Taysom, Taysom hurdled somebody last week, but he wasn't slinging the ball over the field throwing it. So, like, Josh Allen can can do the running part and the throwing part, and it's just awesome. But the thing is, I told I told Daniel one of the biggest differences is they got Emmanuel Sanders there as that number two, and he is he is taking every opportunity and running with it. We're, we're talking about the uh, best wide receivers in the league. I know that it's heartburn for you on, some, on a performance, but Stephon Diggs is definitely top five. Stephon Diggs is in my fantasy team. You ain't gonna bother me, bro. That's he's, my dude. I, he's so good, man. He's so yeah. good. You know who? Daniel, else is good? Daniel I'll give his, you Diggs his for Chase right now. His, his brother. brother is real good. <laughs> real Daniel, good. Diggs for nah, Chase I, right now. I'm, you know you want I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna I'm gonna worry about fantasy football tomorrow when I get some updates. All right, Randy. Game ended a few minutes ago. Ravens come really come from behind and and, and beat the Colts. Um, What's up with the Colts, man? I mean, you know, it's it's they had they were up two touchdowns, and uh, the you know Lamar Jackson did his thing. They had him wrapped up behind the line of scrimmage countless times. I mean, thirty-seven and forty-three, four hundred and forty-two yards. I mean, that's unbelievable performance by Lamar Jackson. Uh, also, going to Mark Andrews a lot, so shout out to him for Jim. But Lamar Jackson, he did everything tonight. He threw the ball well. Very efficient, four touchdowns, 14 carries, 62 yards. You, you cannot ask for a better performance out of any player, much less quarterback, than what he did tonight, bringing his team back. Yeah, I mean, it, it, what the Colts didn't do is what most teams can't do. They, they can't allow Lamar Jackson or any quarterback to have this kind of a day and then a, a, a tight end have a day like Mark Andrews had and expect to – I will say something though, because everybody's quick Do to it. blame Carson Wentz. I ain't Again. blaming him. No, I'm no. I'm just I'm saying. Blaming, I'm 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 blaming the 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 defensive shutdown of two players, and you, you can't let two players. If if he's not playing against Lamar Jackson, he's probably the better quarterback on the field. Twenty five of thirty five, four hundred and two yards, two touchdowns. I mean, you you don't you don't ask for nothing more of your quarterback than that. That's an elite game. Yeah, I mean that's He's so then so that sure. yeah so then what what is it with the Colts if they're getting the quarterback play what is is it defense is it well I mean I'm not even gonna blame I mean the defense should have played better tonight but what the field goal they had two field goal they had a field goal block they missed one to win that was very makeable you know we're watching it together while Jim was away yeah. for a second it was a 42 yarder that's it's in his bag and he pushed it left, had one blocked. I mean, they had every opportunity to win this game. Everybody's going to blame Frank Reich for calls. I don't know what the hell he was thinking on that quarterback sneak just to get a, another yard. But, I mean, the bottom line is the Ravens scored 22 unanswered points, and you deserve to lose. You, you can't give it up like that. 
can't. So let's uh, let's look at this week coming up. We gotta make some predictions. Ooh, all right, Thursday night, Sunday, all right, all right, all right. Here we go, Randy. You're sitting in last, man. You want to go first? Yeah. I'm going right. to go first. So what? what's the our point? We, this is, do we just do the small dog, big dog thing here? We just No, you just pick. We'll, we'll do the spread. We'll, we'll, we'll play the spread, but you the pick is open. It doesn't matter. I got to pick a game you guys are going to disagree with me about. Let me go with oh there's some there's some real there's some real easy ones look at that one right there chargers ravens i'm you know g- hey give me all justin herbert there's no uh, i think you i, mean, I think if, y'all if, there's not a spread, if there's not a spread it's because the ravens just got done playing yeah so there's no spread on it right now does it i'm picking the charges straight up i don't care what the spread is I don't think it would matter. It'll probably be three, two and a half, Baltimore. three. Yeah, I mean, well, well, they say you get three for home field advantage. I feel like they would say these teams are evenly matched, so I feel like it would be a it would be a pick them. Yeah, they they'll go three. It doesn't matter. Give me charges and an outright win. Okay, so Randy is taking the Chargers. Who are you taking, Jim? Well, as somebody who's went 12 and 0 the last two weeks, <clears throat> sorry, Randy, I'm taking the Ravens and I'm going to keep rolling. I love it. I need you to, DB, don't let me down. Pick them Ravens. You know what? I'm going to take the Ravens. Give it to me. Gaining ground. I don't, even, I don't even know what the injury reports could be or anything. I'm, give me Ravens. All right. I kept pretty good tack on that game. I didn't uh, just because of the fantasy stuff. I didn't see anybody go down for the Ravens. So I think we're good. Well, the the best player on the field went down twice, but he he, he seemed to be okay at the end. I feel what you're saying. So I'm I'm next. So I've been staying loyal. Give me them boys. Well, yeah. Okay, me too. Give me the boys. Since you're already there and got it up on the screen, just go ahead and give me them bucks on Thursday. All right. So we're just going to pick all easy games, huh? Okay, well, scroll then. Scroll then. Let me see. Let me see. Let's do Dolphins and Jaguars. Yeah, that sounds like no, cool. that's the yeah, worst. I'm not, team in football. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, Texas, I, I would say, I would Texans refrain. and Colts. Shut your pie hole. That's a big uh, line. I wouldn't take that one. Browns and Cardinals. I don't want nothing to do it. I know one of you assholes is going to pick that. I don't want nothing to do with that one. Um, oh, okay. I want that. You know what? Give me, give me the bills to, to cover on the Titans on Monday Easy. night. Bills. Yeah, I mean that's not difficult. Bills, five and a half. Yeah, I felt like no matter what, there was only one game, Randy, other than the Ravens Chargers, it was hard on there, and that was the Browns Cardinals. I think every other West of them, you said picking hard games. I think they were all of them were pretty. 
I mean, I, I know they probably won't all fall that way because that's the way the NFL works. But as far as when you look at them, they were easy to pick. All right, Jim. What's your second one? I mean, I'm gonna because I don't like the other ones. I'm gonna go back up to the to the the game that I was told to stay away from. Give me the Bucks. Bucks, Eagles. Yeah, I, I mean, I want to go six and zero again. So let's just do this. Randy's gonna take the Eagles because he desperately needs to beat me. No, I'm not taking fucking sorry ass Eagles. Hey, it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Remember that. I'm taking Bucks. Randy's taking Bucks. All right, my second game. Who am I going with? So have we picked separate on anything other than the Chargers yet? No. That's your one chance again at a point. All right, here we go. Here we go. Don't do it. Oh, that's the one I was about to go with. Oh, that's a good one. I'm going there. No coach. Turmoil. Playing away. Well, Broncos also might be getting Jerry Judy back. Helps me believe. Yeah, give, give me the Broncos. I'm going to take Bron- Raiders at Broncos, and I'm taking the Broncos. All right, who you got, Randy? For all the reasons you said, I'm taking the Raiders, baby. They're banding together. Oh, Okay. Plus, I got? just do not believe in Teddy Bridgewater. I don't believe in him. Daniel, who cost me my parlay this week? The Broncos. So you Give me the Raiders. The Raiders. This is just like Wisconsin last year in college football. Once you burn me, I never forgive you. All right, Randy. Last one. Who you got? Cardinals Browns. Nah. Seahawks, Steelers. Who's going to win that game, in your opinion, Randy? It don't got to be the thing that Cardinals Browns, because that's clearly, to me, rather than Ravens, Ravens Chargers, that's clearly the easiest of the best game. Yeah, I think that's. I'm going to go. I think the Cardinals are going to lose at some point. I think the Browns are going to win that game. Coming off a tough loss against a future Hall of Famer, that's tough. <laughs> you gonna keep throwing that out there. <laughs> let's go. Let's go with man. There's a lot of really. Look at the Colts get getting ten. That's actually crazy Dang. because the Texans have been playing in the in every game. They found themselves in it. Mm. I am going. Jaguars first one to go with the Jack. No, oh man, it's tough. I'm gonna go scroll scroll back down a little bit further down. There was one that I thought he could pick the Chiefs. Washington, you know, the, that's actually what I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna, the Chiefs got to come off the snide, man. That big win in Washington this weekend. Yeah, and you're taking what or you're taking KC. The, te- the, the Texans, I'm looking at, at same. So they were in the game this weekend, but last week they gave beat 40 to nothing. 
The week before they got beat 24 to 9. The week before they got beat 31 21. And they did beat the Jaguars, but God, they're awful. Jim, who are you taking? I'm taking the Chiefs because I just seen what the Saints offense did to Washington. You better believe Patty Mahomes is like Randy said, they got to get a W, and I think that offense is going to light it up. Yeah, I'm taking the, the Chiefs as well. I think they're going to come out with furious vengeance on folks. All right, we got the games. We've done our headlines. Let's do last call. Randy, what you got? You know, I got to give Patrick Mahomes a shout-out because not only is he dealing with, for the first time in his NFL career, is he struggling on the field, his team's not performing. Even though if you look at his stats, they're extremely similar to years past. They're just not getting the wins. But him having to deal with his wife and his brother on social media has just got to be a full-time job. Uh, his wife, for those that don't know, goes on social media during the game and talks about how the refs never favor the Chiefs. Newsflash, boo. They're not supposed to favor any team. But the fact that she said that when we've all seen how, for one, how referees treat quarterbacks, like roughing the passer call last night in that same game, the guy, Patrick Mahomes is in the air. The guy wraps him up and almost gently takes him to the ground, and they call a rough in the passer. It's, it's like that for every quarterback. I'm not singling Patrick Mahomes out, but the fact that he's got to deal with all this, all the pressure, they're losing, then you got to come after the game and talk about your wife and your brother. Man, give my guy a break, man. Oh, that's right. All right, Jim, last call. What you got? Yeah, for our MMA fans out there and fans of the show, Jalil – the realist Willis will be fighting this Saturday night on Showtime, Bellator. So go check out that man. We're going to be having him on here soon to talk about the post-game fight. And while I'm shouting out uh, accolades, SEC Defensive Player of the Week is Johnny Teeler. Get it. Get it. All right, Randy. You want the Power Five or the not-so-powerful five? I want the Power Five. All right, coming in at number five on the Power Five, Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury wins the the third of the the, the trilogy in knockout fashion in the eleventh. Um, greatest uh, heavyweight of all time. We're still quite a bit behind. I don't think he's. I mean, Klitschko's are good, man. Yeah, they were. I, so I was gonna say he is. He's not far behind. I mean, he's right there in the conversation. Do you? Do you think he's better because he is the exact opposite persona of, of those guys? Like, I think just, so too. He's a money, he's a money grab. Like, who, who yeah. doesn't want him? Jake, know, Paul, Jake Paul will ball him. He's also really like a, he's a, he's for the most part, he's like a likable dude. Like, after the fight, he's at a rave party doing his thing on the DJ booth. Like, dude is just, he's a man of the people. He's a mixture between, Conor McGregor and Rob Gronkowski. Fair enough. You know, knows how to promote himself, but likes to have a good time. And pretty damn good at what he does. So, all right, coming in at number four, Texas A&M going in, you know, odds against them, and then they pick up a big win. Coming in at number three, you're going to like this one, Randy. The Chargers, not just the Chargers, but the man who leads, leads the team. Justin Herbert. I got to go, guys. Ah, boy. Number number two, 
you know, at first, I think the Chargers would have been number two, but then Josh Allen did what he did. So coming in at number two, only because Buffalo now, I think, has put themselves in a category of they're, they're in that top elite level, um, you know, and now the talk isn't how do they beat Kansas City? It's how do people keep Buffalo from making the Super Bowl? So uh, they're in at number two and at number one, uh, Georgia. Georgia has slowly beat up on folks and has, has quietly made their way to number one. Yeah, it took Alabama losing, but they play the people that are in front of them. Heard Randy say that tonight. Uh, and they're they're doing work. So hopefully the way things line up is Georgia gets a chance to prove that they're either a better team uh, as Alabama or maybe they're not such, such a better team. But we'll see. Not so five. This is for you. Uh, aren't you, aren't you going to ask me who, who, who you missed? Okay. Who did I, who did I miss? The Boston Red Sox. Uh, well, hey, you know. You liked that Randy, didn't you? That was, that was, that was a low. That's, that's a low blow. I, I could I could have added them. You're right. They could have had some credit, but the problem was is when I put together the list, I had to finalize it at some point in the game. Was all right. Not so five. Number five, Kyrie Irving. I, Randy, what is this guy gonna do? Is he just gonna play in the states that allow him to play and not play in the states that he's not allowed to play in? Like how how is this going to work? If anybody in the history of sports would do something like that, it would be Kyrie Irving because the dude is, I mean, mentally he's crazy. He's crazy, <laughs> man. He's crazy. Like I, I can't. I don't think he'll play at all, Randy. Yeah, and I mean, he he might not. But what to double down on that? When you listen to him talk about his reasons, it like it's even wilder. It's it's crazy. The earth is flat, yo. But his shoes are fire. Wow, fire shoes. It's Wilder, like Deontay Wilder. All right, yeah. number coming in at number four, the Chiefs, man. I am I am I wrong here, Jim, by putting the Chiefs at number four? I feel like something's off with those guys. No, um, me and you talked about it earlier. It at first, it you know the first couple losses, you thought maybe they just weren't taking it seriously. Last night, um, Sunday night football in in your house against uh, Buffalo, you've got to. Um, show that you're still that team, and they got absolutely dominated. I told you I think that defenses have really figured out the offense, even with all those amazing playmakers. So they've got to make a change and figure something else out because what they were winning with is not doing it anymore. Yeah, and then I I totally agree with that. And I, the Chiefs aren't on here for losing to the Bills. I think it's how they've lost. And the games that they have and kind of currently their state. Um, they got some work to do. Coming in at three was the Raiders and John Gruden, but that was prior to the news that broke earlier tonight with him being out as the coach. Now, I'll leave it at number three, but I could easily see this being number two and number one. Uh, in at number two, Texas Longhorns, debacle, just had the game in hand and just gave it up. Um, you want to be a part of the SEC? I don't think that's the way to get some credibility. But who knows? Uh, and then coming in at number one, Memphis football. He's going to leave him up there. Yeah. I, I, 
I don't know what the what the, the deal is. Here's what I will say. Joe Doyle is your guy that kicks your field goals and does your punting because Kemp can't do the field goals for you. Joe Doyle wins you the game, like literally kicks a 52-yarder against Mississippi State and gives you a chance to win the game. Misses field goals, and then they put Kemp in. He misses three this weekend. Then they put Doyle back in. He misses one, and then it's like, all right, like on top of the fact they just, you know, freshman quarterback looked like a freshman quarterback and they didn't play well. I don't know. Is this coaching? Is this players? Is this is this just trying to be patient and watch the and trusting the process? Help me here. Oh, man. So there's been some questionable coaching decisions, but I think that the players have absolutely shot themselves in the foot with turnovers and a freshman being a freshman. But, I mean, he has not been just awful. He's made some terrible decisions, but you expect to see that. And, and you got to overcome that. We saw that from Paxton Lynch, and they still won a lot of games when he was, you know, when he was young. You saw that even from Brady White. You, you saw – which he talked about this on our show, the fact that his own fans were booing him. So quarterbacks are going to do that. But their defense is is not good. Their offense, their running backs give up the ball. They miss. I mean, the field goal thing, they're just not good right now, man. I, I hate it. And I also coming into this week, they're a double digit favorite at home on Thursday night, and I I bet the house that they ain't going to cover that line. It's it's funny because Sarah asked if I wanted to go to that game because it was Navy, and I said the Tigers have lost three straight. I was like. I don't know if I need to go because they've never lost when I've been there, or I don't know if I want to go and watch them lose a fourth one in a row. Like, like I'm I, like, it's serious conflict. I mean, if you're what bothers me, or well, what worries me more than anything is you're looking to restart and, and rejuvenate and refresh and get your season back on track against a Navy team that you, Historically, you're not good against. No. Right. So it's. Did they beat SMU you. this week? No, they didn't, but it was a closer, a pretty close game. Um, but they did not. Um, so it, I, I don't, the double digit favorite, I don't know how, but I, I guess they're just basing it off of records and being at home. But they got a lot to prove to me, guys. So. Any anything that I didn't put in the the not so powerful five, Jim? No, I mean I'm sure we could pick for days. There's a lot. I got of, something. There's a there's a lot of bad performances. I mean, I I I feel like you found a adequate top five for sure. But Randy got something. We we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs, and so I was curious. So I go on here and I look, and on an offense. They are number four in almost every offensive category, even number three. So they're still putting up crazy yards, crazy points, crazy efficiency, and you turn it over to the defense, and they are second to last. And yards, points against, yards against, rush. I mean, they are god I got a counter-argument, though. Patty Mahomes has already thrown more picks this year than he did the entire season last year. No, so, yes, he threw, what was it, six last year? No, five. And he's thrown six already this year. Yes. Okay, but you go back and look at They broke this down today. He's had four that were tipped Yeah, one, balls. one, one went right off Tyreek Hill's hands last night. I got for you. Right, that was last night. So he's had four tipped balls. But if they 
every stat- statistic that he has, he either has more yards, more rushing yards. I, I just Patrick Mahomes, like people saying, like you said it a minute ago, people have figured out the offense. I, obviously not. I think the defense is so freaking bad that it's just it's not masking. Like before, you had Tyron Matthew, they would kind of come up with some turnovers here and there. They're horrible. They're giving up over four hundred and forty yards a game. That is, well, with with really the bad. Scheme, with the scheme that they have, you know, they can they can shut take Tyron Matthew and shut down one side of the field. They don't Do have you, that anymore. So like it's it's like free reign. And if you're a good quarterback, man, you're gonna find holes all day in that. Oh well, yeah. Do you know who the number one defense is right now? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys. It was Cleveland, but it ain't now because Justin Herbert shredded them. So no. I'm gonna go with Buffalo. Buffalo is the number one defense. Dallas is not anywhere close to that. I was just and Buffalo is definitely winning the turnover. But I feel like not just this week with the like they they are every game I've watched them they have gotten a lot of turnovers. Yeah, but also uh, this is no surprise to anybody. The best rushing defense, obviously, is Tampa Bay, and it's not even close. Like, they're, it's ridiculous how many few rush. They only give up 45 rushing yards a game. But the number one defense as far as yards and points is Buffalo. And actually, this as far as points go, the Saints are right there. They're in the top five. But as far as, man, offensively, Buffalo has the most points per game. They have the fifth most yards per game. No, that's just rushing. They are number – yeah, they're number five. And totally, they're, give me the, man, they're give me the, up there. Give me, the, give me the top five offenses, and you obviously said uh, the Chiefs were number four. But, so, the Chiefs are number four. Tampa Bay's number three. Dallas is number two. We're talking about yards. Baltimore is number one. And number five is Cleveland. And then the Cardinals, and then the Chargers, and then the Buffaloes. Cowboys at two. Daniel, check out that offense, bro. And as far who, as points I, go. So, what do you care hey, who about? Are they, Daniel, who are they led by? Who do you care? What do you care more about? If you're if you're a team, you care more about points, points than yards, points, right? Right. Okay. You're they, say Chargers, that's, here we go. No, 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 no. They're they're definitely right there. But it's Buffalo, Dallas, Tampa Bay, Arizona, Kansas City. Again, offensively, they're scoring a dude. I said today, thirty-one points a game, and they're two and three. I said today, and this doesn't make me a rocket scientist. This is an easy evaluation. But if you had to pick today, I told Daniel. It's Buffalo and Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. Would you, if you had to make a pick right now, is that who you pick? Oh yeah, I, I would say so. I think the AFC as a whole is is down, but I would sure love to see and the, take my fandom out of this. If you could get a matchup, and the Chargers are not that they're not near as good as Buffalo. Their team's still rebuilding. But if you could give me a shootout between those two teams, I'd I'd watch it all day. Those two quarterbacks slinging that rock, although. I will say this, though, if the Ravens can get health, I mean, yeah, if the Ravens can get healthy because they're really banged up right now, and you give me a Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson again, I'll take that. I'll take it, too. But, look, we got to let's flip that to the other side real quick. I know we got to jump. NFC Championship game in Tampa Bay, a rematch of game one. What is Dallas going to do to make that outcome turn out different? Great question. They're going to not give Tom Brady the ball back with a minute 30 left. <laughs> no, I, I, I think it's just you've got to create a turnover somewhere. You you got to force him. Tip ball. No, don't do that. That's why I said tip ball hey. something and 
because you, you're right. He's not he he's not gonna make mistakes on his own. It, he's gonna have to have some help. Well, you, you but, know something we talked about today, Randy? Because uh, you know you talked about Dallas against Tampa. Um, obviously the other team that we we know is a big time contender in there is the Rams and. Something me and Daniel looked up today because he asked where the Super Bowl is going to be. You know, Tampa obviously got to play in their home stadium last year, which was the first. Um, it's in L.A. this year. The Rams got a shot at playing at home. Rams, Chargers. I think, look, th- th- I, just, I was just looking. That's up, crazy. So. Whoa, I never thought about that. Rams, Chargers in L.A. Wow. That would be wild. But, look, what the, what the Cowboys do best, according to the stats, is run the ball. And they can't do that against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So if you look at passing, they're they are thirteenth in the league in passing yards per game. The Cowboys are, but they're second in rushing. I mean, that's a, that's a. So I think I'm not even saying that they're like Tampa Bay is much better than them. I'm just saying that matchup is it would be especially in playoff football. That's a tough matchup. Yeah, of course. You got to That's when you got to open the playbook and get creative. It's, the Cowboys have started doing that a little bit more. They're they're using. CD Lamb as a as a a back taking jet sweeps and stuff like that and I I don't know it, you're not going to run between the tackles against those guys and, and and get it done but I don't know can you out can you out throw Tom Brady that's tough too I mean people keep saying you can but then he just throws for five touchdowns and 400 yards something that by the way he had never done in his career. Two he's of them, never, two he's of them never to had Antonio Brown. I, mean, I, think, yeah. I think Tom Brady listens to our show, and I'm going to tell you why. Because from the moment that I said that I could throw better than that man, he's gotten even better. I wasn't going to bring that up, but that man. From the second I said this, it, that man was just slanging it. I was watching uh, every CBS time he throws. Every time he throws a touchdown pass, says, Jim. Fuck Jim. I, I said Jim can't do that. Look, they said the other day on the broadcast, and this was universally, I was on CBS, so all those guys, that the one guy said, I think maybe Boomer, he said, nobody throws a better deep ball than Tom Brady right now, and all of them universally agreed that was true. I mean, that's correct. With what? That dude's slinging it. Better? I, I, man, I'd, li- I'd like to see him line up with Herbert and Murray, actually, if we're going to do that. I don't – I mean – Okay, Herbert and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes can throw it long. Murray but here, he here's, can throw here's, it, but he ain't throwing it like them dudes are. Yeah, deep ball, deep ball is subjective too. How far is a deep ball? Murray, I've seen Murray in game throw it seventy yards and on on a diamond. Can it be caught? No, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, is thirty yards think, or more. Okay, like thirty to forty yards. Tom Brady can throw it thirty or forty yards as good as anybody on a dime. On a dime. You want to talk about yeah, – It just like, doesn't look as flashy as when Mahomes or Allen and or something hey, like that. And I, and I have to say, uh, to bring this around to somebody who's not in this quarterback conversation, the you know, timing's everything. Randy, dude, I tell you what, Winston on his timing with Harris and Callaway, he's dropping it right in their bread basket, and those dudes are fast as hell. I have never doubted Jameis Winston's arm strength at all. Or his accuracy on a on a deep ball. It's like last year when the Saints were the most successful is when he was the one throwing the deep ball, even when Debris was there. What Jameis and I don't I haven't seen him like you said yes jokingly. Here comes another thirty and thirty. Like he's no he's not gonna be anywhere close to that. He's got a lot more touchdowns and picks. I just think that he's 
still, the decision-maker in a crunch time situation, game on the line, I'm not going to trust that dude over most. I say most, maybe half. You don't, it, it, I don't think that you had – from going from what Breeze was last year to Jameis right now, I don't know that the drop-off was huge. And saying their two names, yes. But saying I think, what you know, they are I, as players, I, think it, I think it's an upgrade, and he's doing it with less. He is doing it with much less. Where Tom Brady's not. Tom Brady's got better talent around him as far as offensive I told, weapons I told he's him, ever had. Look, I told Daniel today that Leonard Fournette looks like Leonard Fournette from LSU and Antonio Brown looks like Antonio Brown from the Steelers, and that's insane. People forget, though, and you say that, and I agree with you, but Antonio Brown's still young. Like, the guy's not old. He just has been through so much yeah. off-the-field stuff that we think of him as being like this, you know, Jerry Rice is 37, still out there catching deep balls. How, how old is that guy, like 30? Don't forget about Gronk before he was hurt. He was, he was getting it done, too. Yeah, he'll come back. He still back. looks he'll, like he'll he's come lumbering back. around, though. He'll, he'll come back. They don't have to rush – with the way they're playing, that's the beauty of what they got going on in Tampa. They don't have to rush him back. Not at all. They're good. All right, guys. Let's get out of here, man. Another good episode. I want to thank our guests, Chad Dallas, Connor Pavoloni, and Liam Spence for joining us. Hopefully – we bring them back on before the spring season starts up to get an update on those guys. But if you like hearing us average Joe's talk X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook, retweet us on Twitter, listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. As always, your comments, your ratings, and your feedback is always welcome. Make sure you check out the website, get the merch, and we'll see everyone next week for Episode 7 where we're going to get some updates from minor league baseball players Keegan James of the Rockies and Dallas Woolfolk of the Oakland A's. This has been the End Off the Bench podcast. As always, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, grit and grind all the time. We're out.